back to episode 15. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while since we've uh, put out a podcast. actually been three months, so I must apologize. But we have none other than guess who? Guess who's back? Back again. Kim Hagen's back. Hello, friend. Guess who's back? 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 Oh, and applause. Uh, it might have been three months. Mr. Hagen, but I'm certainly not rusty on the button pushing. You are still sharp as a tack on those buttons. Mate, people would have thought that we were some kind of lazy, get about, do nothing, three months. It is is appalling. I've had that much feedback about when's your next episode, (laughs) when's your next episode. But we are back at this uh, day after Boxing Day, so it must be the 27th. We're here at the Hagen Ranch or Hagen Equine. Yeah. Yeah, place to be apparently. Hundred percent. It yeah. is a very busy place, yeah. and uh, and we're here to do essentially the last episode for twenty twenty. Yeah, because it takes us three months to get the next one. Or no, we no, we are back. We've only got a few days before the new year. Yeah, but not this just, not just me back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. So we we haven't been able to get on for a bunch of reasons, which we'll go through shortly and and like i mentioned it's three months so we've got no excuses essentially for not finding a little bit of time in between there but we're going to fill everybody in on what we've been up to um not so much dan james we don't have dan james he's he's Mm -hmm. over on the other side of the pond and uh certainly not joining us here for the first half of this episode but the second half i've got a pre-recorded interview with brandon brandt and Dan James. Lovely, lovely fellas. Top guys. If it, And they were over here doing a clinic. Mm, when would that early have Early this year. Yeah. We picked them up. You and I went and picked them up in Sydney. Is that like 10 months ago? A little more really. Because, wow. Yeah, 11 months ago. So we picked them up at the end of January. And we all know Dan James is a brilliant horseman, but Brandon Brandt likewise and top fellas. Love. It was a great trip. We talk about we it. We love in, you boys. Yeah, we talk about that in – in the interview with Brandon because that was his first trip down under. So we discussed that. To Australia, you mean. <laughs> nice, Kim. I love it. You dirty oh, bugger. Oh, Brandon. Yep, first trip down under to Australia. and uh, Not and his yet, first rodeo. No, certainly not. And uh, and there's a little story about uh, about him here actually. Come on, easy, Tiger. You can't put that on air. It's him. He he talks quite explicitly about his time at the Hagen Equine Center. That's the guy. And I uh, enjoyed the the meal. And it was and I talk about it because they were coming over for dinner. We gave them, you know, we got a second car there, the Subaru. We sent them over here. We assume though we didn't go either way that they were coming home or they weren't. Oh, they weren't coming home. Well, <laughs> they didn't come home. <laughs> Not in the car anyway, that's for sure. They, so we got up in the morning. I'm like, well, they must have had a hell of a night because it was no, like, messaging or anything. Did so, he tell hey, you how the night ended? Not ex- well, other than drinking a lot of rum. Is well, all. we drank a lot of rum, but eventually he was an absolute gentleman. He never got out of control, but eventually he just stood up from the table and he said, well, my friends, I can't believe you bastards have drunk me under the table. And with that... 
I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm surprised he said that because he still was boasting only. Well, he was really disappointed. He was like. He's never been uh, drunk under a table yeah. and he still didn't admit to it afterwards because wow. I took him to, to the landmark on Nutrien now, right? Yeah. And it, it was there with good company. Yeah. Like Troy Palmer, Pete Kaminsky, and he was still boasting that he can't be drunk under a table. Well, he he conceded, put it that way, and the, and and Dan James and I were also at the table. How, how did Dan James not nod off? Because that's the only thing about <laughs> Dan is he he will be having a few rums. And he might have had a kip earlier. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the problem with him. Yeah. He will just he'll be talking. He won't leave the table, <laughs> but he go. will fall asleep on the table. No, no, he was good. He'll he do good. those ones. He'll be like. And, and in fairness, I think Brandon may have uh, finished himself off because he was pouring the drinks and he was pouring pretty well. And I think he was being, you know, a little bit of, you can't just sink your mates. You've got a 10% more for yourself every time you pour. You're like, I don't want to be accused of not pouring properly. So he poured pretty well. And I'm not saying but that he it, didn't, but he certainly didn't miss himself. He's a big dude. And uh, he, as I say, he said, and he was really disappointed with himself. He was like, I can't believe you guys drunk me on the table. And this is yeah, this is such a disgrace. My father bought me up being more of a man than this. And I can't believe this, but you guys, you know, you bastards, I'm gonna go in. And he just made his bed up on the couch and went to bed. <laughs> he's, it was classy. He's a gentleman. It was an absolute classy affair. And we were just like, Yep, yeah, okay, good night. And then obviously Dan and I finished drinking probably three hours later when that little lightweight had gone to bed. And, uh, you know, we're commenting on uh, what a little pussy he was. I'm, I'm disappointed that I missed that in retrospect. I was in my serious mode of being ready for Nutrien and, and I got the invitation, but I knew I couldn't couldn't uh, do the party any justice. So we're in a serious mode, just yeah, in a know, totally a different, different serious mode. Well, si- since the interview with Brandon, uh, just to run everyone up to speak because we are talking a lot, he was – him and, and James was at his place – uh, they're only like a week or two out from the national reigning horse futurity over there. Yep. And so we can just, I guess, give everybody a bit of an update with that. Uh, he ended up finaling in the level four. So in the open, that's that's like, that's a huge feather massive. in the cap. That's massive. So level four, that's the top. Yeah. And then when you're talking about a futurity final, it's 20 horses. And Brandon took one through to the to the level four and then he had two his other two rides made the two and three. Yep. And then a lot of his I, – I didn't get exactly what events, but I, I was just watching out for Brandon and keeping an eye. And a lot of his uh, clients on his horses that he trained with his clients or his clients' horses, uh, they, they made their finals too. So he did have yeah. a hell of a show. And also I know that the, the, the top sort of rein and trainers are the big money earners. Um, then we're also that they're looking at his horses, that buying his horses. I mean, he's just he, he is going places a big time. And I yeah. mean, he's the thing that um, probably stands out that I did know, but it was sort of a bit of a memory jog for myself. Was did you know what he did before horses? Yeah, you know, ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. He was like semi-professional. He was in the NHL and very young too. So he was. Yeah. There's some stories there that he went with the yes. boys that he wasn't really. Yeah, he he, yeah. he was drafted young. Yeah, big time. You know, and the, and the professionals were there. You know, playing it up a little, and 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 so his his turnaround time on on being a professional in you know totally different industry yeah. to switching over is um, really short in comparison to to most. Yeah, he's inspired our middle boy Harry to um, 
play ice hockey. Now, there's no what? ice hockey fields around. Exactly. He just wants to fight, basically, is what it comes down to. He sees, he sees like, um, uh, you know, like Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And he goes, well, I just need to fight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're trying to discourage this. But uh, at the end of the was day. I just, I just looking at us going, like, <laughs> usually we're in drought here at Tamworth. I just couldn't imagine a place. Exactly. We had, a, we had 10 days Newcastle at the end of would November. Be the closest, wouldn't it? So for, for, the, for the northerners, at the end of spring, we had 10 days in a row. It wasn't even in summer that was over 40 degrees, which would make it over about 107 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, ridiculous. And um, he wants to go ice hockey. Like, it's like the Jamaican yeah. bobsled team. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. Yeah. Chances? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, don't I think we think need we to worry about that. We're going to talk about AFL a little later, but Giddy up. that's what he needs to be probably um, sticking to is what I'm, what I'm thinking. Definitely the football codes. Yeah, but bef- before we get into the, the Brandon and the Dan James conversation that we're going to follow on from, what have you been up to? It's been three months. Give us some. Yeah, so three months. In a nutshell, I have been breeding horses. Um, so whether that be collecting stallions, AIing horses, doing embryo transfers, we've been doing it absolutely solid. So it, it's been a crazy time, and we expect to be busy because it's the breeding season. Um, but it's been as busy as we could cope for the last three months solid. The last two days we've only been working five or six hours a day and that's absolutely fantastic. A little, nice little respite um, over Christmas. and um, But other than that, just crazy. And as boring as boring, but that's all I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's essentially why we haven't well, – not just the reason we haven't been able to knock out a few episodes of our podcast. That's one of the main reasons – uh, obviously for us here in Australia and, and pretty much for Dan James in the States, like it's been bu- business as usual for him. Yeah. So, you know, he's been on the road, clinics flat out. Um, we've been the same over here. I've been competing. I've been doing the the clinics and then we've got our own little breeding season at home as well mm. and trying to get us all locked down to be able to, you know, spend a couple of hours together. And that's the thing. Like, you know, we might be an hour, hour and a half doing the recording we will have a little drink either side of that oh, a little drink and and travel time and it's like three hours that you and i don't have and yeah and then we try and then we're trying to coordinate with dan james too exactly and then dan you know we'd get half lined up and dan wouldn't be available and that's just the way it is we're all busy and uh, the time difference apologies too. to all our huge fans i've been getting feedback don't worry yeah <laughs> and some of that feedback too is just on our last episode so we haven't caught up since episode 14 which was with uh pete Weber. Yeah. So Pete Weber. That's and, ages ago. That is ages ago, but that was uh, the last episode. Yeah, and wow. fans really enjoyed it. And and I, and I couldn't stress enough when I was giving feedback to the feedback yeah. was how modest he was being. Like, like <laughs> oh, Pete Weber and the load and the horse and the float or the bear back and bro. I'm like, he did not do himself justice. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, the, and it was my first time meeting him in inverted commas because we were just chatting on the – over the over the line, um, but yeah, I was struck the same way that every kind of little story he gave, you knew had not been embellished and could be embellished a lot more. And there was a lot of achievement. To oh, it. even his childhood stories, you know, yeah. like when he was talking about his mum and dad, and you know some of the stuff that went on there. Like I remember him telling me, you know, the one with the he was getting on his horse and he kept getting bucked off as a breaker, <laughs> 
And he's like, oh, yeah, so sort of mum said don't put me back on. No, no, mum was like, I'm, this, this is it. Like this is I'm taking our son and leaving you if you put him on that horse one more time. <laughs> like that's how serious it was. And you can imagine she didn't say that lightly. Like, yeah, you know, old dad used to have the potential of firing up. Wow, that, that that was something that it was. She wouldn't have thought that after the first, second, or third time. <laughs> she would be like, "Oh no, he'll give that yeah. up soon." But he was getting bucked off repeatedly, and Dad's like telling him to pick himself up off the ground as a young kid. Yeah, wow, and get back on that horse, and and eventually, Mum said, "You'd put him on there one more time." <laughs> I'm taking him and myself, and I'm leaving. Maybe I'm a poor father because we had a horse that we were trialing to buy, and um. Again, middle boy Harry, and he said, "Oh, look, I, I want to whip break this thing." And I said, "Mate, it's been driving; it should be whip broken." No, it wasn't whip broken. <laughs> so we're doing a little bit on the ground, and the horse is kind of getting okay. And anyway, I'd ridden it around without some spurs on, even though it had been driving apparently. And um, the horse was—it was a little bit reactive, but nothing too bad, and um, it was going pretty well. So Harry said, "Well." No worries, I'll go and ride him out in the paddock now. I said, oh, okay, no worries, take your spurs off. He said, Dad, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I said, all right, no worries. So he goes on this horse. He rides it literally around one circle. Hand me the whip, Dad. I said, mate, you only just got the horse kind of good on the ground. Why don't we come back tomorrow, get it kind of better on the ground, and then we'll go from there. Dad, I know what I'm doing. I said, okay, handed him the whip. So he's cracked it on the, on the offside once or twice. The horse has kind of stood there pretty good. I said, how do you go with your left hand? So he's popped in his left hand and fair hit this horse on the ass. <laughs> and it has turned its head straight away and looked at that whip. And I said, mate, drop the whip, drop the whip. Too late. This horse is into it. <laughs> now the second decision of keeping the spurs on has come back to haunt him because he has locked in with the spurs and this yeah, rookie, thing is, rookie it right is bucking as good as any horse could buck and it's gone about 20 metres across and it's going towards this fence and I'm thinking we're through or over the fence, one of the two. No, it's taken the time to turn back and come off and he comes back past me and I'm saying, pick his head up, left hand, one rein, pick his head up, pick his head up <laughs> and splat. And then I'm like, he's like, right. I'll go and get him on back on. And I said, mate, we're not buying him. Why do you need to get back on him? That's where I feel I failed as a uh, as a Pete Weber <laughs> mentor program. Well, yeah, Jack Weber, really, because that's yeah. his old man. Yeah. He, he certainly he was a boy. He'd get back on that horse. But he would, he, you'd want to get back on that horse because the whip would be around your butt. Well, how's Matt, as we call him? He was he was keen to get back on. I said, mate, we're not going to buy a horse, a kid's pony that bucks that well. Yeah, like, it's done. Yeah, you've scored an 88. You would have gone better if you'd marked out, but you didn't mark out. At the end of the day, you've got a zero. Useless, yeah. yeah, got a zero. Well, that reminds me when you said about the Spurs. So I had, um, which we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, the world's oldest intern at home, <laughs> and uh, and he's uh, I've been helping him with a breaker, so he's breaking a, a horse in for the first time mm. and doing a good job. And uh, he's I don't know how many rides in, but a few rides in, and the horse was just sort of having a bit of a lend of him, you know, he just sort of got to that point where he's not quite taking some some stuff serious. And so I said, oh, hop off and uh, <laughs> let me jump on and just show you a couple of things. It was getting too hard to explain. And I'd been riding some of my older educated horses. So I still had the spurs on. 
And I was like, ah, oh, should I take them off? No, nah, that's too hard. I'll leave them on. I'll be right. And it wasn't quite my saddle either and all that. There's an element of Chevy Chase in this story, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I was only just watching because of Christmas time. You've got to watch Chevy, ah, don't you? Like, yeah. He's on yeah. repeat. Shitter's full. I just love him. He's just, he's, he National was, Lampoon's Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Can't the, go past it. Yeah, all the vacations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any vacation, any National Lampoon's vacation. But uh, so I say to him, yeah, and hop off, I'll hop on. And I did change the stirrups to get him to my length because he's a little longer in the leg. And Good thinking. <laughs> but I kept the spurs on and jumped on and, and made this horse. So I was pushing him around a little and he was taking some offence to it and he started ginning around a bit and then he just out of the blue did start bucking. He's never bucked. He's the, he's bucked under saddle but he's never bucked with a rider and I blew a stirrup straight away. So, so the legs did clamp because I'm I'm sort of uh, experienced enough when a horse starts bucking that I, if I've got spurs on, I'm, I don't just yeah. jam him in. But I had to jam him in. <laughs> and, nice. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm coming off. I'm thinking normally I always tell my participants, peer, whoever I'm talking to, because the horse start bucking and they look for the ground. I'm like, you know, you, you don't do that. All the advice is going to look, look up. You got him. You got him. You know, I'm doing all that. And I'm saying all to myself, <laughs> you, you, you're gone. You, you know, one stirrup's gone and it's not getting any less, put it that way. But uh, I hung in there and w- with the legs gripped and I pulled enough rain and I pulled him up and uh, managed to talk him out of it and uh, give him a good ride after that. Yeah, nice. And it all, all finished well. That uh, didn't quite start well, but it all finished well. And I can't tell you how disappointed I am with that story. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going somewhere, but I managed. I managed. I'd used every wink of experience that I had nice. and good fortune. <laughs> I had good fortune on Doubled my side. He, he, if, if he dropped his head, I was gone. He yeah. kept his head up. Oh, wow. When he was bucking. So yeah. that's always an advantage if you can keep the front end up. You're going to be all right, but mm. uh, I was a bit lucky. But you had a whole one leg. Once I blew that stirrup, that old leg stuck in there like a knife. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't moving anywhere. Was he moving off the leg? No, nah, we were just That's jammed disappointing. him. Disappointing. He was. Uh, he, he needed to learn that lesson also. <laughs> but um, he's been better since, and he's been good. And what's the guy? And, uh, and he's for sale, or <laughs> no, he's, he's <laughs> not, not yet. No, no, no. He's so it's for for a friend of mine. So you'd be yeah. like. I won't say too much more, but the <laughs> clinics thing, well, the competition. So we don't, I don't come kind of friend. Yeah, we're going to move on quickly. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of the competitions, we, I've been down doing a heap of this raining cow horse stuff. It's taken off yeah. here in Australia and, and don't want to toot my own horn, but come home with a few buckles there. So hey. just a little tap on the back there. Oh, just mention, yeah, I'm not going to mention myself, but I just won three buckles. But, uh, well done. Yeah, thank you. Moving on. Uh, clinics, we, we've, Flat out with clinics. I've done my last clinic for the year a couple of weeks ago. Um, God, it's easy over your way, isn't it? Probably wasn't a couple of weeks. A couple ago. of weeks a week, ago, a week ago, probably. And what? Just been sitting around eating Christmas puddings since then. Hundred percent. No, nice. it's landmark time on YouTube yeah. now. So, how many you got that. going for that? Six, six nice ones. So for the again for the Northerners, that would be a uh, major um, Western horse sale in February, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, most most of the trainers are getting very serious on those horses. Yeah, yeah, on early de- early December, mid December, at very latest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, I mean, they've been in and out of work the whole year, but you've got to get serious, like you said now. Mm. But one of the clinics I did want to make mention of, we had, um, well, self proclaimed VIP clinic. I don't want to just throw that word around lightly. Who proclaimed it? 
Mostly, I didn't get invited. Mostly the participants. <laughs> the participants. Um, the, uh, and I want to give them a shout-out because Steve they're, they're going to be listening. They were talking about Steve and you did get an invitation to come and socialise with us, but again, you were too busy. What do you mean me? You, Steve, anyone would have been welcome, mate. This, this crowd was one of the, I guess, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to, I don't know how I want to word it, but. You're talking like I'm Steve or something, like. You, I've Steve. been chatting to Steve and he was disappointed that he wasn't invited. Specifically, he didn't get a phone call. Steve was invited. About your clinic. And, oh, not to participate because he's way beyond that. Okay. He was invited to I'll entertain. I'll let him know. Oh, okay. Be a part of it. Okay. Well, that'll so, appease him a little bit. So one of the nights we did, so this was a five-day clinic, horsemanship clinic, and it, and I didn't want it to finish, but I needed it to finish. <laughs> Otherwise known as a drinking and lifestyle clinic. Oh, my Lord, <laughs> Kim. I can't even. You did see some of us um, yeah. when we had a little bit of a I actually saw excursion. Some, I saw some globes on a few of them. We, yeah, there was a little bit of a, a – a few of them got the uh, – Got the puppies out. Got the yeah. Show yeah. them to me. Yeah. So there we are at the um at a camp draft. Big one. Big camp draft. Big camp draft. Golden massive, guitar. Massive money camp draft. Everybody very serious until up on the hill. Steers has enticed the ladies oh, to pull their jugs I didn't, out. I did not entice. Them, I don't think you needed to. I didn't entice. Them. I think they it were was, still coming off the night before, and they were happy. The to. night that we had. Um, so just to paint this picture. <laughs> We, we had um, uh, Steve Hart spend a night at our place. So he, he travelled up from sort of Canberra way and they weren't letting him onto the grounds early. So he rang me and said, hey, is it okay if I spend the night at your place and then I'm going to roll early in the morning, I'm going to go over to Kubar, get my camp spot, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no problems. I just said, I've got a clinic here. Um, but I said, they're a good bunch. I said, you'll enjoy it. So come good around. Pair. Good pairs. Plenty of good pairs. <laughs> And um, so they came, and when he came, that night that he came, we were in party mode, but that was every night. And we played the games that we played, picking up the box with the teeth in our hands, and, and we played um, chicken. You ever played chicken with us? No. Begurk. Get the goggles on, McGurk. I'm doing oh, hand Begurk. gestures. Yeah, I think I've played Begurk. Yeah, and so we had that. And even during that, so Steve comes, and Steve is another, um, you know, top Australian clinician here, horseman. Yep. And uh, he's he's starting to wonder, I think, what sort of clinic I run because <laughs> the box game I had to we had to get into what we called our activity wear or active wear as others like to yeah. to, to describe it. Yeah. So I found some some shorts and goose because we got to be limited up to pick the box up. Yeah. And, well, Dan ja- Dan James's goose when I was over there, he was in his active wear active all wear. the time. Yeah, all got, the time. Got to wear the active Couldn't wear. Couldn't get him out of spandex. Yep. He loved it. Yeah, anyway, so, we, so we got into that to get to limber up and, and I, got, I got through pretty far. I, I think it was my PB, personal best. <laughs> and uh, liquor definitely helped loosen me up. And anyway, we were partying and then we decide we're going to play chicken and we start playing chicken and it's going around and around and around and and it's one of those things that you can't sometimes end, you know. Everyone's having fun but at some point you've got to finish a game. So one of the participants decided that we would uh, make it a, a strip version. Get nude. And if you if you got out, because w- when you normally get out, you have a have a swig of your drink. So if you 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 mess up in the game, you have a swig of your drink, and then the game starts again. But it can mm. go all night. Mm. So someone said, "Well, what we're going to do now is if you get out, you can either opt to take a piece of clothing off or leave the game, walk out of the game, concede, concede." Mm. 
Yep. And, uh, and I'm usually a jet at this game. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, this is good, but what I but called- things were getting breezy that yeah. night. <laughs> what, what I called early was I said, look, I know how you girls work. I don't want earrings, <laughs> ca- yeah, counting exactly. as clothes. Technicalities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Socks. Yeah. You know, shoes. Like hair I'm, bands. Hair ba- I want legitimate clothing, a jacket, a shirt. Jeans, shorts, that sort of stuff. Of course, you're only human. Yeah. So everyone agrees. I'm the one wearing the least amount of clothes because girls seem to know how to layer up. So everyone agrees that's how it's going to be. And I, and I get out pretty – like I think Steve got out the next round and he had all his clothes on. Like he had jackets. He could have gone at least three more rounds without embarrassing himself. He just got conceded straight away. He just like, no, nah, I'm happy, walks out. Most people are just walking out. And we get down to just so he was considered moderately sensible. Well, Stick with the story. Not kids. competitive. Here we go. Not competitive <laughs> is what I would say. And so we 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 dwindled the the numbers down relatively quickly because most people they were just not that interested, just walked out. Yeah. So we got down to the diehards. Having seen what happened the next day, I know that you're going to lose. Anyway, carry on. Mm. <laughs> Piers even now this was first night that Piers down there because she's normally with the kids. We had luckily. Someone, yeah, well, that was that's what she reckons. <laughs> so we get there, and um, yeah, I I, I lose. So I'm like, radio. I, I must have had a jumper or a jacket on. Jacket comes off, no worries. And so I've got two items left essentially before I'm down to my jocks. I got my shirt, and my jeans, because I can't use my shoes and socks. N- next round, I'm out straight away. Like, what the hell? So the shirt comes off, bang, in the shirt. So I'm there. That wouldn't have upset the ladies either, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, was, oh yeah, such a fine specimen over here. And the light, I was in, sitting in the worst spot outside, the, the one flood light. So you're going to claim the light. is just <laughs> hitting, beaming me. Like well, I'm you sitting been, in a spotlight. You would have been white. Oh, yeah, had the farmer's stand, farmer's yeah. 100%. So that's on next round. Boom. Me again. Oh, no, I think I've got a couple of the girls. We've got some of the girls. We've got a girl down to her, to her bra and undies. How does that count? What do you mean? You're saying socks and shoes don't count. A bra. No, 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 that's serious. Bra and Fair undies. Right so she gets to a bra and undies and then another lady says to her, look, it's early in the week. Because <laughs> she was going to go again. Maintain some decency. Yeah, she was going to go again. Nah. So she's out. Yeah. She- Wait till the golden guitar camp draft <laughs> before you whip them jubblies out. Yeah. All right? So, <laughs> so she's out. And then um, conserving yourself, yeah. So then I'm, I'm, yep. So then I'm sitting there. How many people are you against? And this, I don't know. There ends up being about three or four of us left. Yeah, right? and Piers one of them. She does not lost a stitch. Yeah, so she can play the game. Hundred yeah. percent. She hasn't drunk as much as us. She's standing there, <laughs> anyway. She's and talent. she's next to me, and she's the one getting me because she's so. So good at the game. So she's stitching you up, so but she um, won't let you play to the end game. So, uh, so then I get down. <laughs> I end up. I think there's something wrong with the so, with the clinician. So then, I, yeah, I end up getting down on my jocks. I just want. I don't know what point, but I get down on my jocks, and I say the fact that you can't remember how you got there. I did get there. Is how you got and there. And Steve Hart there. So Steve Hart, the professional. <laughs> you know my men. You know, like a yeah, yeah, a professional. Professional. You look. That is in our industry. That's the contrast. Yeah. So he's there. He's walked out straight away. He didn't take his hat off or nothing. He's he's. He's good. Me, I'm there in my jocks in my farmer's tan with the love handle sticking out. And Pierre says, you're done after this. You're out. And I said, I've got one more round in. <laughs> I'm happy to go all because I still have my hat on. I'm thinking, I'm going to take my hat off and I'll put it over and I'll take my jocks off. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good for one more. She's Absolutely. Like, Pierre's like, you are done after this round. Like, And stern to everybody. 
this is your last round. Even to the point that Ash Barnett wanted to help me. You're even frightening me telling the story. She's, Ash is a long-time listener, been a supporter of the podcast with the conversation starters. She moves and sits between Pierre and I to help us oh. out. Because she's like, well, I'll take some for the team, right? I can. I've got a few items to lose. <laughs> so she's so gonna- some of these girls. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if we should talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> but girls that are that ride horses will wear two bras. Apparently, I only found that out that night. They do. You already knew that. I knew that. I didn't know that. They need support. They need support. Yeah. So that that's already a huge advantage. And they, as soon as they that might- judge says. And a seated canter, a seated trot, they need to be ready for that. So they've got two bras, some of them, plus a singlet, then a shirt, then some of them had a jumper, then a jacket. They're over-equipped for games now because, like Listen, but this is where it also comes in. Because we played the other the activity wear game prior, that some of them had put on the, the, you know, what you said, the spandex on. Yeah. Right? But then they put their jeans over them afterwards. So that doesn't count. Well, it did count because it's still a solid up. So they yeah, had but I mean, jeans, over, yeah, spandex. Like- Two bras, a singlet, a shirt, it's like being at this- a jumper, a jacket, and yeah. I'm the guy. And some of them had a vest. This it's a like cool playing thing. in Australia in summer, and you've got your ski gear in the thing, and you get That's ready what they for. Were doing. Yeah. I had that. yeah, exactly. And I was out. disappointed. So, so I, but I didn't think that was a you had problem. Four rounds that were working against you straight I, off. I didn't think it was a problem because I thought I was good enough at the game. Usually, <laughs> but I've never played for high stakes before. <laughs> So next round, I get caught out again and I'm out and I had to bow out. Isn't that what they say is where ambition has drastically outweighed talent? And it did. <laughs> so it smashed me. Aww. Yeah. But it was a good good group. And and Steve went back following on from this. So we, we stayed up. Yeah. Every night we stayed up. And that's why I needed that clinic to yeah. finish. I love the clinic. I never wanted it to finish, but I needed it to finish. Yeah. So um, Steve went back to the Kubart to the campgrounds and told everybody about the Dan Steers clinics that he runs. Thinking look that. out, they are coming. Yeah, and then we turn up there and we turn up and they decided, a few of the girls thought, well, now we know Steve. If Steve gets through the gate, we're going to flash him and give him a little flash. Why not? I said, rightio, he'll like that. Steve, unfortunately, the cattle were tricky, doesn't get through the gate, so, oh, we don't get to do it. Oh, no worries. And then they're like, well, who's the next person we know going through? I'm like, Oh, Bryony's warning up. I said to Bryony, when are you going out? She's like, oh, I'm such and such a way. I said, the girls decided you get through the gate, going to flash out. She's like, oh, radio. No worries. Bryony goes in, doesn't have any luck. She's one of the leaders too. Mm. Very unlucky. She was unlucky. Loses out. Not far after her, her husband, Pete Kaminsky, he's going to go through. So we tell Pete, well, he's very excited about the potential of this. So he, he actually comes back several times to learn what the <laughs> – what the rules are, because it was only go through the gate. And for you camp drafters out there, you got to go around first peg, second peg. Well, you got to cut out first. Yeah, and you got to then you got to take it outside on a course, and you, and there's a bit to get it to the gate. So Pete starts going, "Well, look, do I have to get the other two pegs?" He comes back. That's his we'll first just run question. Run it straight out through the gate <laughs> backwards. I got no problems with that. He reckons that would have been classy. And uh, one of the, the leading camp decide, drafters in Australia just, just run it straight out, through put it through the gate, just to, just, <laughs> just to make to get a point. Flashing. And the girls are like. Mm, uh, preferably we want to get the first two picks. And he goes, okay. So then he comes back again. He clarifies, does the cow have to go through the gate? Can I just go through the gate? What happens nice. if the cow doesn't want to go through the gate? But it's I for technicality. <laughs> I love it though. He's so <laughs> interesting. So anyway, the girls well, are like, well, what wouldn't you be? He's yeah. only human. He's only human. So then the girls were like, 
well, we'll just see how it goes. So then they decide, because where you ride out is you go through the gate and you walk out the opposite direction. So we're like, well, if he's not even looking, they're not going to do it. So they wait, they're on the hill, and uh, he goes and he and he has a tough cutout. I think he loses it back. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, he's not going to get us. Says, no, 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 this is Pete Kaminsky. Yeah. It's not going to hurt his chances. Comes out, goes around the first peg, and I said, girls, you're in trouble. He goes around the first peg. Do you think they were worried? Some of them got a little nervous after that point. It was a collective. Like it was, everyone was in on this. So some probably more ready than others. Second peg, I'm like, this is it. You're, you're gone. You're gone. So he goes through the gate, but he must forget for a moment and he turns away and he just starts walking back to the out gate. And the girl's like, oh, we're not going to do it. That is un-Australian. Then his mind must just go, hang on. <laughs> and you should see his head turn so quickly. <laughs> to- well, they screamed out to him. No, well, he hadn't. No, they hadn't done it yet. Oh, they waited for him to turn around. Oh, then he turned around and they just nailed him. And I reckon, he, as much as he was excited, he was a little embarrassed. He didn't yeah. know what to think, and he quickly turned back again. <laughs> and it was all the chit chat. And then we just left. And uh, apparently afterwards, so a rifle was given away to the highest cutout, which, yep. which was the ben. shootout as such. Yeah, yep, which was Ben Hall. Yep. And so Ben and then Pete won something else. And they were there in their lineup. And Ben said to, to Pete, he said, Well, a lot of firsts have happened today. He said, This is the first rifle that I've ever won. And that's the first time you've been flashed for going through a gate. <laughs> and Pete agreed. He's like, It's a hell of a day. Yeah, let's go. Hell of a day. So we had a good group. I just wanted to give them a little shout out. And, and for you other listeners, that's not the run of the mill clinics. Don't get scared off. It should be. It's a great week. But it's, you know. Yeah, we, we did a one of the other highlights. That's from that what's clinic. expected at most double dan uh, horsemanship oh, clinics. I don't say that because I couldn't do yeah. it. I can't do it all. <laughs> no, the time. That's not about the drinking. It's just about the flashing. The social, the socialising is what we <laughs> want to keep. And it's it's uh, don't take yourself too serious. It's a, a lot of fun. But we we spent we one morning we woke up and we did sunrise on our hill. We got a little hill at home. Good hill. Great hill. Yeah. We sat up there, watched the sun come up. That was that was magnificent. Everybody only because you hadn't finished drinking. Well, that actually happened the next day. So the funny, yeah, funny exactly. thing is, is we, we were up at, you know, five. Guilty as charged. And then the next night I think we went to bed at 3.34. So we oh. stayed up nearly 24 hours for that, that show. But it was a good good group. I wanted to give them a mention. That would kill you, that kind of stuff. Well, that's why we're not going to do like it. It's like it's a five-day. If it was a six-day clinic, you'd be dead. Yeah, we couldn't. I, I, <laughs> like I said, at the end of it, it was like I need Done. this to finish, yeah. but I don't want it to yeah. finish. So, so that that was the clinics. We we we've just had a Christmas. What was your Christmas like? Uh, awfully relaxed. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID, um, family at my family couldn't get together properly. So we ended up. Normally, we would um, have a breakfast at mum's and a brunch at somebody else's, and then a lunch, and then you might catch up with somebody in the afternoon. And we just didn't have time, so we ended up just having a lunch. And Here at mum's at. Uh, my wife Kim's mum, yep, or parents' place, Jeffrey and Gay, and um, it was a cracking, just a really relaxed, easy lunch. And then we had to come back here and breed some more horses in the afternoon, and it was really just relaxed, lovely, really good Christmas. Enjoyed it. Yeah, well, for us, it's much the same as far as all our families, West Australian, and yep. it was funny because. Uh, you know, we pretty much got down to Australia-wide, zero community cases, all the borders open all of a sudden, WA's been the hardest of yep. all. 
they've all of a sudden said, yep, Victoria, New South Wales. Uh, the only one was South Australia, funnily enough. They took South Australia wasn't wasn't allowed because they were the ones to have the last community outbreaks. Everyone else is welcome. First time since the first lockdown. My family's getting excited. Peers, like, when are we going over? I'm like, well, now I've got nutrient. I'm not going. You want to go? Um, you go. You know, whatever. The other family's like, well, we'll come over in the new year. It's all it's all happening. And then a few days after that, we started having community transmission yeah. in New South Wales. WA locked the borders. Bang, 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 all happens again. Yeah. So we were at home, which, which we're either one way or the other. We're either in WA and it's like flat out visiting family, 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 or we're at New South Wales and it's just us. And so it's just one of those. So we spent the whole day at home. We fed the horses in the morning, um, kids and at ourselves and just going through the whole rigmarole. Everyone sends presents over, so there was just presents after presents. I think the kids didn't – they just staggered opening presents and it lasted till about 4 p.m. They were still opening presents. Wow. Trying to get through them all and play with some. You said they did all right, but that's an understatement. Oh, they had a haul, <laughs> huge haul, new bikes, yeah, new wow. toys, everything. So clothes, the usual stuff, books, yeah. the whole lot. So, um, yeah, so they were pretty excited and, you know, and, and Pierre made an awesome lunch for just us. So we yeah. just had a big lunch at home and yeah, nice. I, I did a bit of day drinking and had a little nap and felt pretty good. That's what Christmas is about. It's just that relaxed family time and whether it's big family or just, just your immediate family, I reckon that's – and then you just relax in the afternoon and happy days. Yeah, so we did that for a couple of days um, and, and now tomorrow tomorrow is going to be Monday. It's sort of be back – as business as usual until we'll have a few more days, I guess, for the new year and, and then it'll act like nothing ever happened. The holiday season will be over essentially. We'll be inspired to get on with the new year. Yeah, and hopefully with our listeners, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump this out now. Um well probably for us we'll, I'll get it out tomorrow. So we're gonna start hearing from our listeners. Send us some feedback. Let us know what you guys have been up to. Yeah, for sure. Where you've been. Hopefully some of you guys are still traveling, you're seeing your family or whether you're in lockdown or not. And just let us know. And so we- it'd be cool to see the obviously the contrast between Australia and America. Yeah, well, um, like I've been talking to Dan, and some of the stuff there, it's it's just business as usual. But then when you see some of the news, like mm. California's looking at, a, well, I think they are in a big lockdown because they, their um, hospital beds are at capacity. I think they're at like high ninety percent. Yeah. They can't take any more. Yeah. So I think they've got a full lockdown. But in other places, not so much. So and the vaccine—I mean, it must be rolling out pretty hard over there. Well, I've, I saw um, Trump's been done, and his uh, vice secretary or vice president, I should say, and Joe busy Biden. Out of there. Two presidents, busy, loving it, busy. Yeah, we won't get too political. <laughs> Let's not get political. Moving on at from, all. Oh, you know what I'll move on to? <laughs> yeah, our football, mate. I did enjoy it. Oh. So in this so three now, months. When we say football, to the Americans again, AFL. Which Australian is Australian Football League. Football League. But it was a summer competition. So it's normally a winter sport. Yep. With big tackles. Summer competition. Yeah, exactly. And it was more a touch footy kind of. I don't know if the NFL has a touch footy version. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. So um, it was a very modified game, but still a lot of the skills of the AFL. Yeah. And you don't, you're not an AFL boy. No. Which I am, but you're not. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. yeah, you and I on a team. Loved it. 
We had a great time. So Tuesday nights, we did this for 10 weeks or something like yep. that. Yep. Which, which suited your your schedule at 100%. Of clinics. Yep. I Except then they, they changed the goalposts and they said, oh, the grand final is going to be on a Sunday and make it a family day. And fortunately enough, families said, hang on, it's a Tuesday night competition. We can't come on a Sunday. And it was reverted to a Tuesday night and happy days. Steers turned up. Our main we, we were going through we – so when we started, we are going through undefeated. And we, Kim and I, like I just – Kim was telling me about his boys on this team. And I said, get us in on this. And Kim's like, all right, I'll see how I go. Got us in on another team. So you had your boys, well, two of your boys. They were on the other team. On other team, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, Harry and Dusty were playing. Yep. And then you and I got onto another team, which we didn't know. I didn't know if you knew anyone. I did certainly didn't know anyone other than you. No. Nah. And people have probably heard about it since. I mean, Burke oh. and Smythe undefeated until the grand final. We went through, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went through. Until the stitch up of the uh, Summer yeah. Nines competition came about. 100%. Oh. We were stitched up because so it's just a, a social thing and we're going through Apparently. We're mildly competitive. There was a couple of good guns. We had a, <laughs> with a couple of other players above You're us. You're a specialist smack talker at the end of the day. I got into oh, I like I couldn't good turn, skills but I could not specialist turn, smack talker. I couldn't turn the competitive side off. I, mm, I did take priceless. it a bit too serious at times and I had a few umpires tell me it was just a social. <laughs> Gathering when I was trying to call the umps out because some of the umps didn't know the rules like I knew the rules. Exactly. What do they know? Yeah, and I, I did a little bit of study because it's a new game. I didn't know the game, and yeah. and it was modified from what I'd played. Oh, mate, they were dreaming. And so I was, I was trying to even in the grand in the finals, I was like, actually, you can kick a goal outside the first third. You just can't kick it from the ball. And he's like, no, we haven't been playing that all year. I'm like, well, don't worry about what you do and don't play power. The I'm fact that you got it wrong for the first ten games doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't to mean us. whether it's yeah, wrong or exactly. right. So. We, we utilised your big boot. Yep. So we went through undefeated and then we got to play. So so they just for the listeners, they played uh, the finals on, on the last Tuesday, which was like the prelim final. And whoever won that went through the grand final back to back, which probably didn't suit our age demographic mm. of our team. Mm. We were Everybody old. was north of 30. Yep. Put it politely. Comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anyway, but like with some of the kids, so so your boys' team, we played first. Yeah. And then it comes and down I was, to it's I not- was always wary of them because they were so young and oh, agile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That I was very nervous of playing them, but we, we seemed to be able to worry them out of the contest. Oh, we got in their minds. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so we, and, and, I, and we did, we didn't have a full team. No. So we got your One of our main players had gone off. <laughs> For a Christmas party with his work that day. Yeah, even though that was quite a, frankly, if you had the time, you would have gone around captain. and forward. I would have him the captain. Him. Yeah. So, so we got Dusty, gap. your oldest boy, and yeah. and that was the shining light. He took kicked three goals in it was less than three minutes. Yeah. It was two minutes, I reckon, on the clock. That decimated the opposition mentally, yeah. if nothing else. Just the first every center bounce, bang, went to him, kick a goal, well, bang, well, went to him. Just three kick it row. through those big sticks. We won by 54 points yep. that game, which is only 20-minute 20, 20 halves. Yeah, six points a goal. That's f- that's comfortable. It's very, very good. Yeah. So it, we, it was like 30-something to 80-something. Yeah, and we, we let them score a few times just to kind of make them comfortable. But then we, we make it through to the grand Keep final. Keep the kids coming back next year. And there was only one other team that was undefeated until they went against us about two rounds ago, two yeah. rounds prior to this. We made the mistake of beating them. 
We did beat them. <laughs> and Best thing we could have done was go down by 40 in that round game and then oh, met them in the grand final. Because they stocked up, didn't they, Kim? Oh, they had two import players that dead set. At least two, two Jets. They had others. There yeah. was more. They had a full bench. They yeah. had six on the oh, bench. Yeah, they had a full bench and, yeah. And they had some guns. Which gave us a little bit of and an issue their, on our fitness issues. But. Their age average would have been about 22. Yeah, 22.25, I believe. Yeah. Technically. So they weren't the little kids that yeah. were like your your boys, they were teenagers. They all knocked back six-figure draft figures. Yeah, and we 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 used our intimidation on them. <laughs> these guys were these were fit men. If, and we got pumped. If we'd been able to tackle, we would have been back in the game. Uh, at least we would have had we would have had some fun at least. Exactly. We would have because so we those we, moments we would, where you pick yourself and the opposition up off the ground and go, Oh, was that late? Yeah. Oh, sorry. But by that stage is what are you worried about being rubbed out for? We're at the end of the year. So we to, to paint the picture, it's you you've got three thirds, three players in each third, and we would rotate a bit. So Kim and I and Kim comes from a rugby background. I'm an AFL background. So we're in the we Kim would sometimes be in the center and then I would rotate between the the forward and the back depending on the game we yep. were playing. Yeah. So we start I start at the back and Kim comes to the back. That was we, one of our strengths was our communication, our ability to just boom straight away work together. Not just you and me, but the whole team. We we're like a bunch Robo, of old Gab. bastards but we, and 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 old girls as well because you had to have three girls minimum in your team. And um, we just we just straight away just melded. Yeah, with no and training. Just, it's just game time. Oh, and we were, we we're, couldn't cope with training. No, we played some <laughs> strategies. And <laughs> Let's we, we not were, get over the top here. Yeah, and we're rolling and then we get to this grand final. Anyway, they get this this guy who was an import. He was not there in the, in that earlier round. No, I think he was playing in the AFL he was grand final series. He was an AFL player and he was a big guy and um, Kim manned him up and I yep. was in the back line with a, a younger version and he was running around as it was and I was trying to cover him. You were like covering Bolt. dead set ground. I remember at one time because they did something, I called to the ump because I got he, he shepherded me <laughs> off the ball, which even in normal AFL it was illegal for how far away he shepherded me. Yeah. From running to the and ball, he said, "It's position, it's position." Yeah, he was. You were, you were into him. I was him. into him, <laughs> and the, um, but you're not even allowed to in our game, in that nines. You're not even allowed to shepherd at all, like, no. whether you're near the ball or not. Yeah. So I upped the ump, and the ump was telling me it's social, and so I'm like, "Oh, we're going to play like this." So then the next time it's coming forward, I manned him up like AFL, and I was so illegal on him, he still beat me. <laughs> like I was, he should have got a free kick regardless, and I didn't even know where the ball is. I was just taking body. See, you needed to, well, both of us needed to get totally dirty and just start grabbing nipples and stuff and just crippling them. Yeah, so standing on, we used to as as toes, grab the back of the jumper, step on the toes. Anything. And so so he beat me fair and square. Then you you had that big guy and it just didn't matter. You just, it was just the whole time. I'm like, I'm not going to relieve you because I'm not going to go any better. (laughs) It was just a farce. At, at the end of the it was day, forty the minutes. Was, you played full forty minutes on him. He was just outrageously good, and and they just spanked us really. Yeah, pants down I in hope, front of the crowd. Yeah, spanked family. We had family and friends. Yeah, out. exactly. Like that's that's not nice. Not for a social game. Like no, they tried. They to, weren't social. They tried to pre- preach to us. They, yeah, exactly. They weren't social. Yep. 
So we got whooped, but at least we made it to the grand final. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Second. Pretty cool. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. Say, <laughs> but anyway. So that was some of the things that we've been up to, uh, I guess, prior to, our, well, not prior, but with our three month hiatus. One of the other things I've done, I've got on my little list here, is on the Warwick Schiller podcast. Yeah, and you smashed it out. Oh, you listened, did you? Yeah, yeah, I listened to that. Schiller's been going flat stick. He's pumped out. So we started this podcast thing way before he. And he has been like. He's overtaken us. Like you episodes. say, Usain Bolt, don't worry about us. We've pulled a hammy at about 70 metres in the 100 metres. At 14 episodes we pulled a hammy. Yeah. But we even had some lapses. We did 14. Yeah, yeah. Schiller. But we didn't do – it wasn't over 14 weeks. Schiller's round at the um, – What's at, the up to? I'm going to look it up now. What's the up At the 300-metre mark on the on the 400-metre course. He's, he's jogging can, around still waving to the crowd. Let's see if I can pull him up and see how many episodes. Schiller's done about – Are you already onto it? You know, yeah, you? I would say up to about 21. I'm going to take a guess. He's done 20. Let me have a look here. How do I get all – And I love his, his podcast. He's doing some fantastic people, really cool interviews. He's on 20. I really you – know, so you won. No, I didn't win. I didn't know <laughs> what he was. You just said you think he's at 21. Yeah. So he's done a heap. Uh, some really cool interviews. I love it. Yeah, so I, I – It's almost as good as our podcast, except he does more. <laughs> he's more reliable. <laughs> he's way more reliable. So yeah. So he's he's done. His last one was twenty, and it was only like a week ago. He's he's just rocked him out. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't even. So see obviously, he's locked down in in California. I'm eleven. He's just like, yeah, he's just on his property riding his pale face horses and punching out the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So uh, I'm episode eleven, and we had a good old chat. It was a bit, it was a bit of a different one to how you and I probably conduct our ones. It wasn't um, over rums, at least. We need to get him on board. We will. No, it's always been the case. Once we get through, I know we've done a couple of interviews. We've yep. done the Pete Weber one now, and they were the fillers. Brandenburg. Really, I mean, not to denigrate them, but they were they were fillers. In our timeline, we're going to do the time. We're going to finish the timeline. Nicely. I want to get us up to yeah to to to, to now the twenty 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 one whatever. Yep, and then we'll go into just interviews and topics and bits and pieces, and, yeah, and go from there. Yep, but um, but it was it was good fun. It was fun to be on his podcast. So it's a shout out for for the listeners that haven't seen. Get back on. Go to Warwick Schiller podcast. I think it's Journey on. Yeah, called? the Journey On podcast. Yeah. And he's an African fellow who wrote the song Journey uh, On. And I've been asking for a song for hours for some time, Kim. Yeah. All right. Good things come to those who wait. I mean, I've done I've done my <laughs> musical pieces on here, as you heard in your introduction. I, you rip off a white rapper and the next thing you know, I'm getting two times. a hard time. Yeah, I've done exactly. two times. Pl- don't time. forget Wayne's World either. And Wayne's Craig's World. Craig's World. Wayne's World. Yeah, I know yeah, it's a little bit yeah. of Yeah. So we've I'll got, get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. So so that was fun being on there. The only other thing that I thought I'd write on the list before we get into, I guess, uh, our interview with Brandon and, and then James was since my la- the last podcast, I've I don't know how we're gonna say this. Oh, I'm wearing glasses. Oh, you've aged. <laughs> It was ironic because when you turned up today, I just I was reading the. Uh, Are you wearing glasses? The aforementioned Nutrien Landmark Classic. And you're thinking you need glasses. Don't worry about thinking. 
<laughs> I used to laugh at my wife at how bad her glasses were. And then literally two years ago, my eyesight just went kaput. But you haven't had glasses, have you? I do for reading. Oh, you got them now. You've yeah, had them yeah. for two years. See, a lot of the time I don't need them because I'm looking under microscopes where you're adjusting your to your own eyesight anyway. And so for work, I don't really use glasses and I hold my head back far enough that when I write something, I can actually write it. But my vision two years ago was, well, maybe not two, maybe three years ago was impeccable, like proper 2020. And now I can't see anything within a metre. It's terrible. Well, well, see, I've always had, I've got one eye that's shot. It's been shot since probably I was born. First eye test wasn't until I was 10 and that's when it was – Noticed. Well, that makes sense. A lot of people have said you're a one-eyed bastard. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> um, extremely. And and now that other eye's just it's it's been getting bad, like you said, it's probably been a two-year deal. Now you're a blind bastard. And I've been I can't watch you know, you know, the footy scores that are at the bottom and things like that. And I've been I've been like, are they are they deliberately making them? Do you get blurry? to an end of a game and go, couple oh we won. <laughs> no, oh, don't worry, I'm still aware. <laughs> but I'm just like I just couldn't think that TVs were so deliberately out of focus. Yeah. But I thought they were. I thought it was yeah. technology. Palsonic. Nothing. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so then when I've got the glasses, and I, and it's been a few years since I've been, because I, I, I do sort of semi-go to the- Did you go to the op, the ophthalmologist? And, and you, you said it. I was, was going to say eye it was it, No, it was probably an optometrist. Optometrist. And then yeah. the ophthalmologists are the eye specialists, but the opt, optometrist is the person who gives you glasses. Anyway, did you go there and kind of when they flash around with the different lenses in front yeah. of your eyes and they go, now read this, and you go, wow, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> what I said to him is like, did you just make that all of a sudden in focus? <laughs> like why would you put 10 yeah. out of focus? What are you just picking on I me? could tell it's an A or whatever. Exactly. It's out of focus. Now all of a sudden. And you're I'm trying like, to cheat the system. Yeah. You're sitting there going, I'll get this. Uh, <laughs> hold my beer. I yeah. can do this. Yeah, I'll yeah. get this. You will not get the bottom line on this. Yes. So I got to glasses, which the kids, it was funny. So I came, once I got them, uh, I put them on and Tom, I looked at Tom and he looked at me and he was just like staring at me weirdly. He couldn't quite figure out what was different. And then I looked to Zara and Zara's like, what are you wearing glasses for? She knew straight away. So Tom was like, something's different about dad, but couldn't quite point it out. And then Zara was all over it. So that it has been a bit of a, a point of discussion at home. So do you wear them all the time? No, no, it's just reading and TV. Yeah. Don't well, wear them on the horses that buck either. No. I had one the other day that my sonny's came off and my instant concern was not the fact the horse was bucking. It was more the, the more the fact don't step on the glasses. I've got to, I'm, one of my next move will be getting a uh, prescription in my sunglasses. I, I'm actually a little bit looking forward to that now that I realise that life looks different. <laughs> what are you, 50? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm meaning. That's so next I'm, time you enrol to a double day in Australia clinic, don't worry, he can't really see you. Okay? <laughs> just continue on what you're doing and just try and relay it to him in the best possible English language you can. Yeah. <laughs> I can see I can see some stuff. What the funny thing is is now I can see like definition in your wrinkles. So everybody looked like they were so you looking at my face. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When I'm a <laughs> bad man. When so when I put my glasses on, I can see all your imp- 
imperfections now. Oh, that's lovely. I'm okay. glad you don't have them on at the moment. So, so when I look at you now, I'm looking at you and you look I'm like beautiful. a young man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm beautiful. It's like you've had, got foundation <laughs> on and everything yeah, else because well. you're just a little bit blurry. Because I can tell you, it's like a train wreck over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been putting the glasses on and I'm like, oh, geez, you've got a few lines going through there and whatnot. And, mm. and so that's probably – everything's just in – when i got the glasses on, everything's just in high definition. That's about the best I can – Yeah. Describe it. So I, I thought I'd put that there as a as a little funny side note because one thing Dan and I probably uh, are better known for is 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 the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously. So if, you, <laughs> if you can't have a little bit of a laugh at yourself, well, obviously. I don't know what you can do. Well, we've been laughing at you, so you might as well join in. I'm, <laughs> I'm always allowed to. Well, I think. Have you got anything else? No, mate. I think I've crossed off um, my list. I, I think it's been a well. 2020 was a it was a strange year, but it hasn't for us in the country in Australia. I don't lucky, think it's been a bad lucky. year. Exactly, I think it's it's a blessing that we weren't part of the the city rat race that really got affected. And for us in Tamworth, to put it in perspective, we've had three years of drought. We've had one of the best seasons on record. So to to put that in, also into perspective, I think the average rainfall is about 650 mils for Tamworth. Yep. yep. I'm, we're not far off knocking for, for myself because we've got a little digital clock there. We're not far off knocking off a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, will the last last um, we'll get there before the end of the year. Say the twelve months. It, it started raining in February, and and the twelve months before that, I think we went around about a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty mils for that year. We had one hundred and sixty five mils last week. Yeah, and that's the season we're in, and. Oh, so I think if we would have added con. the drought and coronavirus, yeah. we might have been a different, yeah. different conversation. Absolutely, but it, but a lot of businesses in the country seem to be resilient to the lockdown laws, which yeah. were pretty mild in Australia compared to a, a lot of countries and a lot of cities um, and states. Victoria got got really hammered, um, but a lot of businesses in the in the country survived it remarkably well and um you know it almost brought us back to our families a bit stronger as well which i i really you know i noticed and enjoyed um not to say that overall we've enjoyed the COVID experience um but you know it'll be nice to move on and hopefully the vaccine yeah, move makes, on is probably the- yeah makes a big impact and um you know everybody can those that have been severely impacted can can really kind of move forward into 2021 yes and, and that's i think yeah you, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it's about moving on and we'll find some positives out of it and the world will change because of it, but we, we are ready to probably move on and yeah. hopefully 2021 is going to allow us to do that and hopefully the the bloody rain gods keep on blessing yeah. us here in Tamworth. And from a podcast point of view, we are definitely moving on. 2021, we'll be back. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get back and bigger. We've got some big, big uh, thoughts on plans, uh, yeah. plans and what we're going to do and, uh, yeah, keep listening, kids. All right. So we want to hear your feedback. I know it's been a while, but we're going to move on now to our Brandon Brandt and Dan James interview and we hope you enjoy. But also let us know uh, what your thoughts are as well as where you're listening from and what your Christmas has uh, been about, your break, where you've been up to, all that sort of stuff. Happy days. All right. Stay tuned. See you in 2021. All right, we've got Dan James and Brandon Brandt on the line. You there, boys? Yeah, mate. How you doing, buddy? Really, really good. So 
Uh, just to put it in perspective for our listeners, it's sort of just after lunch here in uh, in Australia, but it'd have to be close to what eleven o'clock at night over there, boys. Uh, a little early, mate. It's uh, about nine thirty here right now. Nine thirty. Have you cracked the whiskeys yet? Yes, we have. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say we're thinking about it, but uh, it might have happened a little earlier. Good, good. I, th- that makes the better interviews, I think. I, I haven't. I've still got some horses to ride, um, but uh, we've just come in for lunch. So this is a great opportunity. We, it's been a while and we haven't had a podcast out for a while. I was visiting K Ranch for the Cow Horse Competition and I had a lot of feedback from the listeners that they were tonguing for a new episode. So we thought we'd take this opportunity while Dan James was visiting Brandon in his preparation for the Futurity, which they are leaving here, I guess, in the next few days for Brandon to get ready. So we'll have a quick chat about that, Brandon. How many horses you got going to the Futurity? Yeah. I've got two going. I've got uh, for me and then my assistant's going to go. She's got uh, she's got three to show for her. So um we're taking, you know, five to be shown in the open, in the open event. So, And you, you've got a pretty good one, I believe. I've been watching some of your highlights or, or your video runs that you've had in the pre-faturities. Uh, can you tell us about the two horses yeah. that you're taking? Yeah, I, I do. I feel like I got two pretty strong ones. Um, I've got a stud uh, that's by Wimpy's Little Colonel, out of the daughter of Jack's Electric Spark, uh, named Little Electric Colonel. I won the Mid-Atlantic Faturity on him um, uh, back in July, I believe it was. Uh, March yeah, we were listening to that just like not quite remembering what month that he won that in. Like if it was me, I would have, you know, been able to recite that straight off the top of my head. I think he was Freaking playing. Freaking badass run. It was a badass Yeah, made, made the cover vaccine, um, you know, like, yeah, like had people all around the world literally calling and congratulating on that. It was a big deal. There you go. Yeah, it, it was good. It's, yeah, he's a good horse, you know. And and uh, he was real good in Memphis a couple a couple about a month ago two months ago um, I made the level four finals on him and drew a good check uh, in in both the level three and four so he's a he's a good he's a good stud he's he's pretty he's real physical um, then the other one I got I, he's kind of a sleeper I actually this mare uh, she's by Hollywood Central Town um, and she's out of a daughter of Donna Trasha so you got your you know, you got your gunner bloodline in there. She, she did, she really surprised me in Memphis there at the friends of the reigning fraternity. She was, she actually, uh, I made the level four finals on her too. She is, man, she's, she's got a couple loose marbles, but this mare's really physical and she's got a ton of foot speed and she's got a lot of finesse when she does stuff. I, 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 I she, she's really coming on. Like she starts, she's peaking at the right time. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty stoked to show her. Well, that's exactly what you want. You want to have the the rock solid one that you know you can depend on, and then you've got one peaking at the right time. So, we sure are going to wish you the best of luck when it comes to the futurity, and I know you're going to smash it. And what I'll do for the listeners is I'll pop a video of that run that Dan was talking about, the 220. We'll put that on our uh, Facebook page as well for everybody to have a look. Let's back it up a little bit. Let's um, let's. Well, hold on, hold on. Talking about backing up a little bit, Sears. Yeah. Um, bit of a shout out to yourself. You just got, as you said, done at the K Ranch, and you had a heck of a time down there um, showing some of your futurity horses and young horses and getting, uh, you know, involved, I guess, really in the last year and a bit of, um, you know, the, the working cow horse, which is growing rapidly in Australia. You've, you've just been doing a heck of a job. Hey, so, yeah, man. Hey, congrats on that, too. Because when I was over a few 
back in February, we had, we were talking about that. And I remember you saying, you know, Hey, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to, I'm going to step into that. Um, I'm going to step into that, that, that field a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you did. And, and, and Dan, just let me know you did really well. So congrats to you too, man. Thanks boys. We had, a, we had a bit of um, luck there in the, in the raining deal. I didn't have as much luck on the cow deal uh, pulled a place, but, um, but it was, yeah, just, a, just a bit of fun and, and it's an enjoyable for me to mix the cow work into the rain work. And, and uh, we've got this uh, futurity event here next week where I'm taking uh, three horses. So it's sort of like the first major futurity that they've sort of had in a long while. Like, I think back in the in the nineties, the cow horse sort of deal was pretty strong in Australia. In Francis and and a bunch of them um, used to sort of, I guess, go. And, and I think Ian won nearly all of them. But um, but since then, it sort of petered out, and and now we've started back up again. So there's a bit of money up for this futurity and and a lot of good hands. So I've got uh, three horses in it. We'll take off here on uh, Wednesday to get down there and and start showing. So yeah, it's exciting times this time of year because of course. After the um, raining futurity, there's going to be the cutting futurity over there in the states as well, and and then usually I guess it's the yeah. NFR. The NFR is still on, but it's moved. Am I right? Correct. Yep. At the Arlington Stadium in uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah, they don't really have COVID in Texas, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> if they do, it's not a real big deal. Yeah, but no, just if just if you ask well, a Texan, we, we they don't have talking, it. We were talking about COVID tonight, well, no, yesterday, and. And it was kind of, I mean, kind of funny, but not funny, but kind of funny because I remember before we did our trip um, in January, February to Australia with Brandon, we come down, Brando gets on the phone, he's like, hey, dude, dude, he's like, what, what do you think about this COVID thing like that, that's come from China? I'm like, oh, mate, don't worry about it. Some, it's some silly little wog that, you know, that is, you know, it, it don't worry about it. It's, it's going to be no big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be real. It's gonna be no big deal. Kind of like, kind of like he told me what what the Bundyberg Ralph, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna... so you think a good a, a good a good bloke, a good friend like this would would warn a guy about the Bundy myth, you know? I mean, come on. So we better catch our listeners up about this uh, story before we do back it up. We earlier, like Dan mentioned, and, and they they made it basically just in time. Uh, end of January, early February, the boys were over. Brennan and and Dan James did a clinic there, uh, just in the outskirts of Sydney, and I went and picked the boys up uh, on the last day of their clinic. Which, by the way, Brennan, everybody loved that clinic. The feedback was phenomenal. Um, you're not only an awesome trainer, but uh, a great teacher. So so we haven't really caught up much since then. But uh, I, as I travel around and I bump into those participants. They were they were stoked and and of course when the COVID's uh, hopefully gone and subsided we'll um we'll have you back over doing a bunch of clinics but uh, anyway for the listeners uh, yeah right Brandon yep you go no I said I'm excited I had a blast and I didn't meet one person uh, that I did not enjoy their company um, so, so I, and I'd like to shout out to everybody that that I got to work with there by the way too there's so many of them but they know who they are I'd, I'd like to. Shout out to him. Well, and I, I'm going to jump in there and say, you know, Steve, you know this as well as I do. Like, there are very few people that have the ability to be able to train, teach, and show. Absolutely. And, you know, I've always thought that myself. Um, but then when I look at look at Brendan, I think that he too has those same uh, qualities that of somebody that can, you know, step in and, you know, show one and, 
and make it work and he can teach somebody and, and be able to really relate to them. And that's what I've seen happen in Australia, especially in the reigning deal, like as people that were able to, you know, really, you know, it just wasn't like he gave them a bunch of information and they were like, well, what do I do with this? Like he really genuinely helped them. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's one of those rare, rare qualities where we see those three things align in the one individual. Absolutely, and I'll second that. The energy you also had, James, was uh, what I probably picked out the most. Um, Brandon's energy in, in a clinic situation was um, phenomenal, to say the least. He had uh, more energy than all the participants and ourselves combined. I just loved it. The feel, the whole feel was fantastic. And then, of course, Brandon even came back here and helped me out, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to get to the Bundaberg Mist story, if we can. So, so I'll start it off and then I'll let you boys uh, take over. So for, so for the listeners, when the boys came over, it was a quite a busy time for myself. We had our uh, major horse sale on and, and so I was a bit preoccupied with that where I was getting ready and going into town. So one night um, Dan James thought uh, he would go and meet up with Kim Hagen, who's usually hosting the show with us, and, uh, and take Brandon out there. For, for dinner and and uh, catch up is what I remembered, but uh, I woke up the next morning and to see that the car hadn't returned and neither had the boys. So so it ended up being quite a big night. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know, you know Kim and Kim's hospitality and the boys, of course, they, they really, you know, rolled out the red carpet, cooked an amazing dinner, and Kim had some special Bundaberg rum that stood up for a while that we that we thoroughly enjoyed early on, and then of course it went down to the dribbles of the regular Bundaberg rum, and and it all seemed to be pretty harmless in the in the evening. It was the next morning that we would say that the real uh, part was revealed, and so to paint the picture for for our listeners, so. We leave Kim and Kim's place and we go to the Golden Arches or to the McDonald's there in Tamworth and um, we, <laughs> we roll on in and we both go in at the same time and and, and, and Brendo says, I'm, I'm just going to go to the restroom or the bathroom. And anyway, it's like 10, 15 minutes later and I haven't seen Brendan and I, and I get a call. Brendan's calling me. I'm like, Oh, I mean, I feel kind of bad. He's like, obviously got lost somewhere here in Tamworth in McDonald's. And it's Brandon on the phone calling me from the restroom. And and his opening line is like, dude, dude, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> like my, my insides have like exploded. And he's like, I don't know what to do. But like, dude, I'm, I'm stuck here on the toilet. Like I could be here a while. <laughs> so you could maybe elaborate a little bit more of your experience in that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I go back to what I said earlier, you know, you think a, a good buddy like Dan's going to warn you about the Bundy mess. I mean, I, I didn't feel horrible that night. I think we all had a pretty good little buzz, but, um, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I mean, oh man. I mean, and, 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 and nobody warned me about that part of it. Okay. okay. He's, he's being very subdued in this moment when he talks about he, his, his statement to me was like, he's like, dude. He's like, it was so bad that I levitated off the toilet. <laughs> I, I did levitate off the toilet. I actually, I think there was a janitor in there, and I scared him. Uh, he had to, he had to, he had to waller himself out of the uh, out of the toilet. Uh, uh, but I, uh, it you, was a rough experience for me there for a while. 
So they say that, you know, they, they try to get tourists with this um, notion of a drop bear. You know, they try to scare all the tourists and say, you know, you got to watch Australia, there's drop bears. And they even got a, a, a journalist not that long ago from England who was over here for the bushfires and reporting on them. And they even got her freaked out by this koala because the, the drop bear uh, is is sort of a close relation to the koala, but uh, but you don't really have to worry about the drop bear. You got to worry about the Bundy bear. That's the killer. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. And I had to learn the hard way. And and I feel I can handle my my you know my alcohol pretty good. But there was something that, that and I don't know. We didn't really even mix it with the ginger beer that night a whole lot. <laughs> so it was the straight Bundy. <laughs> and uh, whoo, man. I mean. Pissing out of your ass, if that's a term you've ever heard. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. You bet. So there you go. There's a little story for the listeners. We'll we'll uh, we'll let them stew on that while we get back to the horse talk. So I, I wanted to back it up a little bit to to probably where it all started for you, Brandon. Were you, were you always going to be a reigning trainer, or you know, what, what, when did you decide reigning no. was going to be for you? You know, for me, uh, when I first started horses, I did, I worked with my, one of my best friends. Hold on, hold on. You, you got to tell them pre-horses, which was professional yeah. ice hockey play. Yeah, so I'm a competitive by nature. I played, uh, I wouldn't say professional hockey, but I played at a very high level, semi-pro level um, in Canada. And, and, some, and I played juniors uh, in the States. I played in British Columbia. So, you know, I played hockey at a very high level. So I got a little burned out on that. And, um, you know, we, we, I grew up uh, out in the country on a farm and we had some horses and was always, I always enjoyed it. It was kind of my getaway from hockey. And then it, it turned into my passion. Um, one of my good friends, Brent Speck, actually his mom, Patty Speck, uh, she had a, a, a barn there in Pennsylvania there where I grew up and we, we would go over muck stalls and then we started starting colts for her and just turned into it started to turn into my number one passion. And then, uh, and then I went to the university of Finley and uh went to college and that's where i were that's where i were my rode my first rainer actually jared leclerc good friend of mine to this day actually put me on my first reining horse it was a bay custom chrome mare um and for me that was it that's what did it for me i mean he let me run and stopper and turner and it was just man it was cool so how old you know, so um, how old were you when, when you rode that horse i i'm gonna say probably 20 19 20 i'm gonna say and you um, and you rode as yeah, a kid. I did a lot of roping and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I did ride as a kid. And, and like, but I did a I did a lot of roping. I enjoyed that and and stuff. Uh, but mainly just 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 rode for fun. You know, it was that it was just something I did for fun to get away from from the sports and you know uh, working out and all that stuff. So yeah, for me that's how that's how I got my start. That's when I rode my first trainer, and then uh, Clark Bradley, uh, you know Dan Husworth, the University of Finley at that time, two great mentors. Um, so I, I had the basics pounded in my head for anybody that doesn't know who Clark Bradley is. He was horseman of the year, uh, I think in the early two thousands. And he is just, he's a legend over here. I mean, for those of you guys that don't know Clark Bradley, you need to look him up. I mean, he's one of the only guys to win the NRHA fraternity and the, uh, the pleasure security in the same year. Wow. Uh, it's kind of amazing back in, back in, I think that might've been 74 76 somewhere in then there uh but just just an idol to anybody that that um you know and his son actually cr bradley's a, a amazing roper he's made the nfr finals um before so you know that guy just pounded the basics in me 
And uh, it, it that that I think I owe a lot to that as well. And I also worked for Jordan Larson and, and Gabe Hutchins. Um, I owe a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of. I'm very grateful to those guys. So, so how long would you say all up you did your apprenticeship? So you've worked for a few trainers, and this is something that I think a lot of our listeners um, sort of enjoyed it to hear about the the hard work behind the scenes. So you know when you tell us. Tell us about your background pretty quickly. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I did this and then I did that. But, but what are we talking time-wise? Like how long between 20 and when you are training horses for the public, for yourself? What, what timeline are we talking? I'll be honest with you. For me, it, I, probably, I probably went on my own prematurely. I worked for Gabe for probably close to two years in Jordan, probably close to a year. And then there's obviously four years in college there. So, you know four, five, six, seven years before I probably hung my own shingle out there. Um, and, but, but buddy, I'm going to hear tell you, when I hung my own shingle out there, I made the move to come back to Ohio from working for Jordan in Texas, and I struggled. I mean, I ate ramen noodles for damn near a year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, it was a, it was a struggle. Um, but um, I, I, I had enough confidence in my program. I just needed, you know, needed that horse uh, to get, to give me that opportunity, you know, and which I did find. And then I later led me to a, a new position. Uh, actually, Bob Rosenfeld, I got a job working for a gentleman over here, just um, uh, west of Columbus. Then it turned around from there after that. But man, you know, and, and, and Dan, you know, too, I mean, you, you know, when you go on your own, both you guys, I mean, it's, there's, I mean, it is a leap of faith and it's, it's a struggle, no matter how good you are. You got to build customers, relationships. You got to keep your horses healthy. Everybody's watching you. They're looking for every little flaw, you know. And I know for for me, I was just starting to build my family at that time. I mean, there's you got so many irons in the fire. It's 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 not an easy thing to do. It's something that we we well, spend. And the thing, yeah, James, go. Um, yeah, I'll just jump in there, like you know, to keep. Um, especially for our listeners to keep it relevant and understanding of of Brendan's past and career and stuff. Like he had an incredible horse, which you know, in the scheme of things, the irony of it is, you know, such an iconic Australian name, which is uh, Mick or Dundee, Smart Dundee, yeah, Smart Dundee, which really put Brendan um, on the map. Um, you might say that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and I had a horse um, before him uh, named Dunnett with a splash. Okay. Which, which really, those horses, both that, both those that was 2010 for me, and I went on my own in 2007. So you know that's three years. You know I hit my first lick three years, uh, really, and I had the best year of my career in 2010, and even to date. But those two horses, I mean, it's all about the horsepower, mm-hmm. you know. And you know I, I, I started them both, and and and. But then jump, jump forward, and there's a lot of. Uh, things are filling the timeline here between you've got, you know, Cass, um, who's your you know, incredible wife. You know, she's sitting across the couch here and we're like going to brag on her a little bit. Um, we've got two incredible children. Yep. Um, but then like the other crazy thing in the whole mix of this is that the place that you guys have just recently, um, uh, you know, bought and made your home base is actually Clinton Anderson's old farm yep. up in Ohio. Yep. Um, so it's, it's just kind of like such a small world in how the whole deal goes around and around. Um, you guys have now made it look like somewhere, some 
a place that somebody actually loves and enjoys. Um, but to, to know that that horse has, you know, you know, Dundee is, is uh, Dundee Ranch, right? Yep, yep, Dundee so, Ranch. Wow. Um, you know, there's a whole story just in, in that itself. Yeah. So, it, so this. Awesome. And I like to, he's so I couldn't do it without my wife and her support. I mean, Dan, you know, I mean, these poor women, I mean, and I'm sure Pia feels the same way. I mean, it, it, we're like, we're like emotion, living with emotional roller coasters, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, we're up and down, you know, and, and it's hard because. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, Speak totally, for yourself, boys. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty easy to live with, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's about as big as bullshit as a McDonald's cheeseburger over there, the size of a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> you had a double quarter pounder, mate. You had a double quarter pounder when you went through the drive-thru. Yeah. Hey, dude, will you, will you ever forget when we pulled through, was it was it in um, Scone? Yeah, and let's, we pulled through McDonald's. Yeah, like, let, let me tell like that story, down. and then we'll get to this. I want to, I want to go back yeah. to the ranch, but <laughs> the reason why I want to tell this story, I've told this story a few times since you guys left, but uh, yeah, just to paint the picture for the listeners. So I picked up, I picked up James and um, and Brandon, and we had Kim Hagen came down for the road trip. So, so all of us boys are in the car. We're coming back quite late Sunday evening. I, I had plenty to do Monday morning, so we weren't really stopping much. And uh, anyway, the, the boys finished the clinic. They jumped in the car. We took off. And there's a, there's a twin servo. It's probably about an hour and a half or so from, from where, we, um, where we left. We pulled in there. There's a McDonald's. We thought we'll grab dinner. Uh, Dan helped Brandon order because, again, even though McDonald's is pretty universal across the world, but the menus are, menus are different. So Dan hooks Brandon up with a burger, and I'm pretty sure it was like a, a double quarter pound or something like that. And we all get our meals, and we sit down and eat. And as we're eating, uh, Brandon was a little disappointed in the the meal size. Even though that he got the the largest meal size that uh, we offer, Brandon thought it looked more like a McMuffin than than actually a double quarter pounder. Isn't that right, Brandon? Oh, hundred percent. Love that. You call it an eight pounder over there. <laughs> so, so then, so then we we all ate. That's no worries. And and he let us know that he thought that the meal size was a little uh, underwhelming and we took off in the car. We, we start driving and I tell Brandon, like we can get more food. It's okay. Like I don't want him to be hungry. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to stop between there and Tamworth. So we get to the first sort of town that has again, another McDonald's in it, which um, because it's Sunday night, there's not a lot of options as far as places that are open. So it's Singleton. So we offer him to stop and, uh, and he asks, Kim Hagen, if if he would also like to stop and have some food as well, and Kim's like, no, you know, we've sort of had dinner. I'm pretty right now, so but and I'm saying no, we can still stop. And Brandon is like, no, no, keep going, keep going. So we drive on, and then I get to Musselbrook, and I get to Musselbrook, and I say again, I said, here, there's another opportunity we can stop. And Brandon even asked me, he said, well, what about you, Steers? You want to eat? When are you going to eat again? He asked me, and I remember that pretty clearly. And I said, well, I guess that was dinner, so. Next meal I'll have will be like breakfast tomorrow, which I think that was a bit of a shock for Brandon that that we were sort of we were all contempt with with the meal size that we'd already eaten. So anyway, he says keep going. So we keep going. We get to Scone, and when I get to Scone, I tell Brandon this is the last stop. We cannot stop again until we get to Tamworth. There's no more places to eat. So he decides we'll pull in and we'll get some food. So we go through the uh, Macca's drive-through, and I thought, well, I'll pull up so that Brandon can do the order from the back because I, I wasn't eating. So I pull up to the window, and the first thing Brandon said to this, and, he, and it was like eleven o'clock at night, 
to some 16-year-old kid and he says, what's good here? Brandon asks the drive through what's good here? And the kid's like going, uh, not knowing if this was a prank. He's like, uh, <laughs> it's like McDonald's. So Brandon asks him and, and tells him about the disappointment in the size of the burger that he'd previously eaten um, a few hours earlier and 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 let him know that he that he was um you know quite disappointed in the in the meal size while then ordering an, another um main meal and getting a McFlurry and I, I think he even asked him what the um what the McFlurries were like you know and this kid I could just remember him like just like not knowing what to say while we were pissing ourselves laughing in in the car it was just and it was done so politely like it was so funny and so dry because Brandon didn't really think there was he wasn't doing anything wrong, but yet it's probably something that we don't really do in Australia. We don't really it's just like you put your order in, you move on. Yeah. You're hundred percent right, Sid, because it's it's like in Australia you, you never ask like the way like, hey, you know, like what's good here? Or like, you know, are your steaks good? They like yeah, it's not something that's, that's right. No, that no one gives a shit in and, Australia. It's like we're always worried they're going to spit. In, they're going to spit in our burgers or something, you know, some teenage punk. And, and you get over here. You get over here, and and it's a genuine like. I'll, I'm still amazed. Even Elizabeth will say, you know, hey, what's good here? I'm like, are you serious? Like they're going to say everything's good here. Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. like, well, I know, but that's that's the part that's so different. So like the part like when I was telling this story last night. You know, when Brendan says, you know, like, what's good here? And you and, and Kim Hagen, like, just go to belly laughing. And I'm like, I can totally see him asking that. And I also understand as to how funny that must be and how the guy on the other end of the reception is just, like, freaking out. He's like, ah, oh, am I going to get killed at the other end? He didn't know how to like, take it. He just had no idea what to say. Like, he didn't know if it was a joke or if this no, guy's going to be upset. He didn't know. He did not know how to take it. He didn't even want to be there. He was like he was doing that job just because he had to. <laughs> and you and Kim were laughing. I thought, oh hell, what did I say to? Was did I say something offensive? Or I wasn't really sure, you know. Uh, but for me, you know, I want to know what I eat at the end of the day. You know, I want to know what's good. And I thought that guy might, <laughs> you know, it's McDonald's. Nothing's really say, good. Hey, you know, that's the thing in McDonald's in yeah. Australia. We're like, not, not McDonald's is just fast food. You know, nothing's good. You just you got to eat it and run. That was just the deal. But, um, but, but yeah, so we've got, we got a few stories about our time with Brandon and we want him to come back and we need to go and do some, some sightseeing together, but let's get back to this ranch. So, so have you bought this ranch since yeah. you were here in Australia? Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, three months ago, um, actually. So actually we closed end of July, July. Yeah. I think we closed, uh, end of July. Yeah. My wife and I, yep. Dundee ranch. We got just under, uh, I think it's 40 acres. There's, uh, 70 stalls. Wow. I got a big outdoor, big or 250 by 125 indoor, 400 by 200 outdoor. Um, it's a beautiful place. Uh, several apartments. Uh, God, God's great, man. We're very, we're blessed. We're very fortunate. Um, it's, we're, we're happy. We couldn't be happier. I mean, it's obviously, as you know, Dan, you, you have a wonderful place yourself. I mean, you know, it's a lot. I mean, it's, and, and I mean, it's a lot of, you know, keeping the, keeping the, the workers and, and, and keeping everybody happy and, keeping you know there's just there's general maintenance that just it's every day but you know what i actually enjoy it uh kind of gets me gets to clear my mind of some of the you know uh, i ride a bunch of horses a day 
and it's good to just kind of clear my mind of that stuff a little bit, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And does this mean that you're, you're closer to Dan James or further away? So actually the same, because I've been here for about five years now. Um, I'm going to say give or take. And I'm probably, Dan and I, what, what am I, three years from, or three hours from you? Yeah, about three hours. So, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not that bad at all. So then let's talk a little bit about Dan James's and, and your guys, um, I guess, partnership, relationship, whatever we want to call it here, as far as um, you being one of his mentors as well as one of his trainers. Like Dan's had a lot of help um, with the with the Rainin deal. And, and I don't know as far as a timeline when you and Dan started um, riding together and actually how you guys even met, to be honest. I'm not too sure. I met you at um, at Road to the Horse when Dan competed and I know you were, you guys had already been friends for a while and I think we'd even spoken on the phone a couple of times um, when I was with James. He would ring you because, um, you know, you've just got such a great, great, um, uh, I guess, sense of humour to put it, to put it um, that way, where we where we, we could ring you when we're traveling on the road and you just get us laughing. So what what what's a timeline like there? Like when Dan came to you, what year was that? Do you remember? So what what happened was is that um, uh, Brandon and Cassie are, are both involved in um, the Buckeye Raining um, series up here in Ohio. And originally it was uh, Robin um, Solar that reached yeah. out to me and said, hey, you know, we're doing this uh, Friends of the Buckeye, um, you know, and we'd like for you to come up, start a cult, do a couple of demos. And I we were know, basically trying to raise money for the horse show. Right. To, because, you know, so we thought, you know, we get Dan here to do his Liberty stuff and you know, everybody, that, that stuff was just really on fire back there in the States at that time. And he had, you know, obviously has a great reputation. And, um, the main, the main thing that we were trying to do was get some people to come to this event, raise some money so we could throw that money back into the horse shows so that we could compete and show, and, you know, give that money out as prize money. Yeah. And it, and it kind of, it stemmed from that one weekend because at that point, Steve, as you know, like, I mean, outside of a couple of freestyle ratings I'd done, I'd, you know, not done any more than that. And, and I went up there and of course there's, you know, Brandon and Robin and Sean and a bunch yep. of other guys that, you know, who, are, you know, both you and I had looked up to, uh, you know, for a long time. And all of a sudden, like, I find myself in the mix of this, um, you know, reigning community that, you know, and, and you'd probably be able to relate to this to, to some degree. Like, for me, it was a community of, of horses and horsemen that were at such an elite level that was pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, um, to find these guys, um, Brandon being one of the main guys that were just more than welcoming and, uh, you know, encouraging to come and try this, this whole reigning deal. And of course, at that time, I, I had Vegemite never showing him in the regular reigning. And I remember the first time they rolled up to the Buckeye series, um, you know, Brandon was there and, and, you know, helped and coached me through that weekend. And I, I think I marked like a 72 my first. Yeah. Yeah, first awesome. run and got awesome hooked. You know, it got totally hooked. But um, that first weekend that that we had, of course, you know, as most of these great conversations start with with, with firstly good horses, then a couple of whiskeys. Yeah, we killed a complete handle of whiskey that night. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. I recall, and 
he was still saying at the end. That's when I knew we could be buds. <laughs> he's a, you could probably agree to this, Brandon. He's a bad influence at Dan James when it comes to you know party etiquette, isn't he? He's a he's a bad influence when you're when you're there at a horse show. Oh, yeah, you're okay. trying you're trying to be yeah, professional, sure. and he's just pretty much forces you to drink, doesn't he? He does, and then he carries a cup around that makes you think there's coffee in there. Okay, mm-hmm. it's got a double band on it, little the little double band logo. You and I both know what's in there, Steers. I love that you guys are doubling up on me here on 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 this deal, Steers. It was very similar to one of the first, uh, I guess, our relationship experiences um, back in Garden Up that you still blame me for about the cattle like bouncing off rails, yeah, which didn't really have anything to do with me. But I know that I still cop that um, that deal. But uh, I think that you guys take a little liberty here at that. Well, it was the first time I've ever, I'd ever been drunk at an event, at a horse event. Was that night, to be honest? And and I mean, you can call it you can call it a coincidence, but that was when you and I also first hung out. So I don't know. I, I guess I just have a. I guess I just have a uh, you know a, a taste in friends of like trying to help them. Yeah. Okay. That's how we see it. So it ruined me from then on, but pretty much, uh, that's the start of my, my demise. But, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought I just wanted to check. So we, we get, let's get to this little deal because of the timeline. So what you didn't actually tell me the year, what was the year then of that Buckeye show? That would have to be, um, I'm going to, no, I was, I'm going to say it was 15. No, it was not the first uh, I'm gonna say sixteen, seventeen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say sixteen. It was because yeah, probably probably around 2016. Okay, so yeah. so that's where you guys now sort of become friends and start riding together. Um, what? Yep. You you also competed Vegemite as well, Brandon, didn't you? You put a big score together on him. Yeah. So in the timeline, if he we're did, thinking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I showed him um, a couple of times. He's done really well. Yeah, actually, we got a funny story about that. Actually, <laughs> um, so Dan, Dan calls me up. He says, "Hey, uh, man, I'd love for you to show Vegemite at that uh, Buckeye Derby." And uh, it, it, and I said, uh, "I said, okay, yeah, I'd love to show Vegemite." Uh, and for those of you guys uh, over here in the states, the Derby horse is between the ages of four and six. But we actually had this Derby to where um, it was. It, we we it, we had a uh, added seven year uh, or seven year old. Yeah, right. That's right. So yeah, so it's So essentially, the Derby horse could be from the ages four to seven. So I called Dan. I said, "Yeah, Veggie Mike, what the hell what is he, Dan? Ah, he's seven. He's seven. I said, uh, "Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, I'll show that son of a bitch. Why not? You know." And and, and I had him pretty hooked, and we went oh, in. Yeah. I think I think uh, not. Like two twenty two or two twenty three. I mean, hell of a score. This horse was good. Yeah, uh, he was really good. And I think I won the level three. Was it? So I won the level four. Yeah, won the whole damn thing. That's right. Win the whole thing. Right. Get this award ceremony done and over with. Um, <laughs> I can see and then I, uh, I call. I, I to thinking of my wife. I said, I don't think this horse is seven. <laughs> so I look at his papers. By God, he's eight. <laughs> so here it is. Here I am. You want to talk about feeling like a dink? I got to give all the prizes back, and you t- and I'm a sore flipping loser. Okay, so uh, but I call I call Dan up, <laughs> and Dan says, uh, "No, he's seven, mate. He's bloody seven, huh? <laughs> and he might be eight. So far now, he might be eight. 
Let me bloody check, man. I get back with you. <laughs> and sure as shit, he's eight years old. <laughs> Dan has done that. I mean, I feel really bad that you've fallen into that trap because when Dan used to do the horse shows over here, Amelia and Ari were like two and three for about six years. And when he got a po- Apollo, it was the same. Like he'd do the show and be like, oh, Amelia's a two-year-old and, and uh, Ari here's a three. I'm like, mate, they were two and three when I first met you. You know, that's three years ago. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they've got older since then. He, he would always have to ask me how old they were, and I had to backdate them from from Double Image because Double Image was sort of in the middle of them, I think. And and uh, and and so we got like Ari's a year older than Double Image, and Amelia was a year younger or something like that. And uh, and I'd have to always do the maths for him because he, that's something uh, numbers. He's not real good with numbers. I don't know if you've noticed that, but his numbers are I his have, kryptonite. I, have, I wasn't gonna you. I like how you, you know, you go ahead and let him know that I'm a little more reserved in that fashion. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to, I don't want to dull his confidence. I think but, that, that'd you know, be pretty for hard to do. Time, for, for months there. Yeah, no, it is. He's got plenty of it. I'm trying to get, get a little for me, but I, for the longest time there, I thought, shit, did I screw that up? Did I, did? and then, you know, then I was like, nah, he, he definitely told me it was seven. So. <laughs> and then he tried to finagle this thing. He, he, he says, you know what, my he might have, he was born across the equator. So then we thought maybe because he was born in Mexico, <laughs> we tried to like figure a way that he was born in Mexico, that, that he actually was seven. He time because traveled. he was born on the other side of the equator. Yeah. Which that didn't work either. So <laughs> made us so sad to give all the money back and the, and the, and the beautiful trophy. Well, that, that, anyway, that does not surprise cool. me. You did, you did end up showing him again. Yeah, I showed him in a seven and up, which uh, <laughs> he was legal to show in. And, uh, and, and we did, up. yeah, we did. We won the level three and four. We got a great win picture. Yeah. Our, family, our families were there. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it was over there right there by the house. Yeah. The All Tech Center, actually, right there where, here's uh, where you were for the, um, Roger the horse. That's the one I remember. That's the show I remember. Yep. There's a video of that as well. So yep. we'll have to pop that up on, yep. on Facebook as well so the listeners can have a look at what we're talking about. Because Vegemite to our fans is pretty sort of recognizable. He's got that really long Palomino mane. He's, he's almost the pinup boy. Yep. I've even used him for a lot of my profile picks that I had when, when Dan and I did a, a photo shoot over in the States. He's one of those incredible horses that, that at least makes me look good. So I know that I know how good looking they are when they can do that. So he's a pretty cool, cool pony. And I know that, yeah. um, that Dan really, or credits you, uh, Brandon, um, a lot with, with his performance and his improvement because it's rare that you can buy those sort of, I know he was a ready-made horse when Dan purchased him and he'd sort of been through the fraturity yeah. and yep. I guess a bit of the derby. And to see that not only has Dan not only maintained him, but you guys have improved him. Like his scores – have improved is isn't that right? It is, and I, and I and I'll give Dan some of the credit there too because what what he took that horse to and he he introduced him to some different stuff, you know, and I man, that's I can't I can't I can't tell people how important that is to give these things. Sometimes just we were talking about it today, you know, on some of my horses, like uh, you know, I just need to swing a rope off of them or drag a log, you know. Then he might just he gave him a job uh, elsewhere, and then he brought him back to the reining, and it was just he was, he was just freshened up. So I, I give him a lot of the credit in all seriousness. Um, the horse was broke for the maneuver stuff. I think the only thing that I really felt like I helped a lot was his running, running and stopping. Uh, it was pretty lazy to get down the pen and, 
got him to run a, a little yeah, bit better. It's, it's, it's more than that, you know, that this and, you know, like this is where Brendan's been pretty modest about the whole deal. Like, Brendan took us from, you know, performing the manoeuvres to helping the manoeuvres to then showing the manoeuvres. Because as you know, it's one thing to train and it's one thing to do it in the pen at home. It's another whole deal to be able to then show it out in front in the show pen and still have that consistency. And, you know, like, and I've had several people, you know, over the years that I've shown that, man, you, your horse just, and what you're doing just gets better and better. And and that's a, that is a, a complete compliment to Brandon for not only what he's done in, uh, in helping to improve uh, Vegemite, but then help me to be able to then take it to the show pen. So, um, again, that's why, you know, I go back to the original comment that I said, there are very few people that can show, that can train and coach. And, um, you know, this is, this is one of the guys that, that can. So, uh, lucky to have him in our corner. Absolutely. And that's what I, what I said at the start to think that the horse, like you think of these great open horses, you know, they were generally great younger horses too. They were already you know, running those big scores and then you're just trying to maintain it. And even that's hard when a lot yeah. of horses start showing, you know, whether it be just even, you know, them getting older and having some health issues that make it harder for them to maintain or yeah. just mentally. There's so many variables. Yeah, so many variables. But for you guys, and that's what I've noticed, is that horse has exactly what Jan- James has said there, has actually improved and he's getting better the more he's showing, which is which is an absolute credit to both of you guys and your work. I know you're working closely, and that's what I'm trying to give the listeners a little bit of an insight yeah. to because, you know, James might be off doing um, expos or, like you said, road to the horse competitions or clinics, and those horses pop up to you and, and then you you school them and, and you work with them, and then James will come up and pick them up and, and then take them to the horse show and and yeah. uh, probably come second in a freestyle. Is that, That's about what you've been doing, isn't it, James? Yeah. 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 I feel like I've run a lot of seconds. <laughs> that was a little sly. Yeah, it was a little sly uh, backhanded compliment there because it's for 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 the listeners. Well, well, hey, yeah. we've got a couple. We got a couple first in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a couple first. I mean, he's been second to Andre and Papani. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, who's, know, who's, who's that, that guy? Who's that guy? Who's I, Andre I've Never heard of that guy. Yeah, has yeah. he won anything? Um, I don't think. Man, maybe six hundred. Thousand, yeah, I think they're at there. another zero. No. <laughs> just one percent. Yeah, I just uh, love. Yeah, you know, I just so, love how Andre Fapani decided that he was going to give freestyle a go. <laughs> just, just one time when James travelled all the way across America to, to hopefully um, snag a big win in Vegas, and Andre Fapani goes, you know, I think I might give that a go. That looks like fun. What, what a great guy. Yeah, he. Did. Yeah, I know he's. Just stealing, just like stealing a meal from a little kid. Yeah, know? that's why we actually. St- that's why we actually started this podcast. Andre Fapani's got his own podcast, and since he's not going to stick in his lane, we thought we might even get into the podcast game and um, see how he likes it. Hey, eh, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, a lot of fun, but no, that, that's um, that's unbelievable, you know. And, and uh, to see Vegemite, hey, and yeah, go James. It's, it's like before I forget. And before the podcast, I know that you've got a busy day ahead. Have you got any of your random questions lined out to ask Brendan? Well, I'm just totally look, interested to see. I will in a minute. What I'll do is I'll, before we get there, I'll, I'll give we'll, – we'll, we'll wrap up on these random questions. I'll just have to open my phone and have a look. Um, Brandon, just my little story of having Brandon here in Australia that I wanted to 
share with the listeners was, you know, he he came over when when we we're busy with the um, the horse sale, and I had a I've got a horse here for Pete Kaminsky, Pete and Briny, and uh, he's a he's a little stud colt. Um, I guess he's three year old. When Brandon was here, he's just clicked over to four. But um, I was hoping to to get him ready for these sort of uh, stockman challenges and these cow horse events. But uh, I was having a real hard time, you know, teaching him to spin. He just likes sucking back so much on his on his outside hind, and and uh, he would always step back. And I, I I just couldn't get him stepping cleanly. And if he was stepping cleanly in the front, he, he was still on on that outside hind. And and I didn't really want to mess with it too much because ultimately he's just going to be a camp draft horse, and and cow work is 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 going to be his domain. Um, the reigning part or the challenge pattern is really just about foundation at this point, just making sure he's got those manoeuvres and, and he's soft and he's willing. So I was sort of just ticking along, but I asked Brandon if he would 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 give me a hand and have a look. And to be honest, and, and Brandon probably doesn't realise how much impact just those three days, he rode him for three days and, and I videoed it a little bit and I watched it a little bit and and it was, it was crazy good, um, Brandon's turnaround program. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it was, you know, a lot to take in in a, in a short sort of moment. Plus I also had, you know, plenty of other things going on. So when everything settled down, I'd started working on him and started working on that horse. And and bugging me dead, if he isn't turning around, probably the best out of my futurity horses, like he is turning, not only correct, but he's got a little bit of speed and he's got a little bit of style. So I completely um, not only have, I guess, changed with that horse, but I've, I've adapted that program to all my my other horses, and I can't believe how good your turning program is, Brandon. It's um, yeah, huge credit to you. I sure appreciate the fact that you showed me, and and like uh, we said at the beginning of the podcast, is such a great communicator, and uh, and I can't wait to have you come over and, and show me some more stuff. I'm I'm pumped to come back, uh, and I did like that horse. And shout out to. Mr. Kaminsky too, because I—that's th- the gentleman. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. That we sat at the sale with, and and we got to talk to for a little bit, right? That's right. And he, and he still brings you up, Brandon. You left an impression on him. Don't worry about that. That's a great guy, and I really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed hanging out with him. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I tell you, your horses were broken. I had a blast. I can't wait to come back. I would love, I'd love to bring my family over too, and. I was telling Dan, I, I mean, just everybody I met there was just, I had uh, so much hospitality and, uh, man, I love your place. I really appreciate you, you, uh, uh putting us up too. Well, let's your get farm's this beautiful. Let's get this COVID out the way and hopefully, um, everyone, we get back to some sort of normality in the next year or so. I don't think you guys will be coming over next year either. I think it's going to be a little longer than that. Um, like James alluded yeah. to, yeah. We're going to get in to finish this uh, interview off with you boys. We'll ask a few curly questions here. We're not really curly questions, more um, conversation starters. And I don't even know if you've answered this one, James. This one's a new one, so you can both have a little think. If all humans had to have a tail, what type of tail would you choose? Okay, do you think it would be a hinder or an attribute? So give you some examples like a dog tail or a monkey's tail or a possum, scorpion, whatever. What, what what sort of tail would you boys have if you had to have a tail? What style? I think, I think I'm going to answer for, for, um, for, for, uh, games here. I think he'd have a docked tail, oh, like a, a docked tail, like a, like a healer where they dock the tail. Like the stumpy tail. A little, nub. little stumpy tail. Yeah. Stumpy tail. And we'll rename him. Stumpy. stumpy. 
There you go. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com has changed to Stumpy. All right. So just for the listeners, uh, uh, Dotty is no longer known as Dotty. What were you going to pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with a roof. The tail of a roo. Well, that's kangaroo. what I, that's what I, when I had that question thrown to me, that's what I chose. I chose a kangaroo. I thought a kangaroo yeah. would be pretty handy. I my- yeah, I think Kim Hagen might have chosen a monkey's tail because they can like grab things. It's like having an extra hand, you know. Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. I was thinking. But that's clearly, fun. I'm just to get my what I thought. I'm, I'm clearly stuck with a stump. And a shout out to Hagen, man. What we 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 listened we to called, the story. We called him yesterday, by the way. Uh, Searsy and man, it's because I showed my wife the video. What was the name of the video that he made? The story Cinderella and the Cinderella and the yeah. Uh, this guy is just a just a oh man, what a what a great guy and his family. They're just unbelievable people. And, and man, that guy is like the wittiest human I've ever met. Uh, uh, what 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 good people? But anyway, uh, not to get off topic there, but yeah. Don't, yeah, don't don't give him too much. He he's already got a pretty good ego on this podcast. He um, doesn't mind chiming in, and uh, and letting us know his opinion. And he is a fan favorite. As much as I uh, try to keep him contained, he he's certainly a fan favorite. So let's get another one out there. What about? Would you rather have? Would you rather have toes as fingers, or fingers as toes? Go ahead, uh, no, I've already answered this. I'm going to say I'm, I, I'm going to say I'd rather have uh, fingers as toes. Yeah, that's. I think that's what we selected. As much as it'd be uncomfortable, you really don't want to have toes as fingers, do you? No way. Those little go. It'll go good with no. James's little stumpy, um, stumpy tails. Yeah, it would be. Would just. I mean, the name Stumpy would just mean all that much more. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can. I'm just. I'm just bringing some of these ones up. See if we can do one more. Do you remember any of them, James? You had to come up with some last one. What? What was yours? Um, my, mine were more horse related. It would be if you could, um, you know, select, own, beg, steal, borrow, um, any, any two horses in the world. What would they be? That's for you, Brando. Um, oh man, that's tough. I would say, um, I've got one of them in my pasture, Mark Dundee. Yeah, there you so, go. Like, okay. that horse, yeah. uh, he just, he just got more heart than anything I've ever, I've never seen a horse with so much heart. Not the most talented horse I've ever ridden, but just no quit, no truck, no, no quit. And I tell you what, the horse I'm really amazed by, um, the um there's a horse that a buddy of mine used to rope off of and i think i think they actually put him down his name was riata shane hanchy um roped off of this horse my buddy jason hanchy uh trains calf horses in uh, okeechobee florida i actually got to run a, run a calf on this horse kind of interesting but it was a she was it was, it was a gelding it was a calf horse and everybody he just kind of got kind of just got passed through nobody really paid any attention to him. He was too small, you know, it, it just kind of like the sea biscuit story. And, uh, man, it, what an amazing horse calf horse of the year. A couple of times, Jason or uh, Shane Hanchy won uh, the NFR, the world on him, uh, was horse of the year. I mean, just an amazing, amazing horse. Uh, and it's kind as could be. And then you'd, you'd get in the box and, and, and you'd nod your head and this thing turned to fire, man. Cool horse. Physical. 
Well, yeah. well, I've got, a, like I've got another little conversation starter, a couple of we had to answer early on in the podcast. So living or dead, you could invite three people to dinner. Who would those three people be? So famous people, you know, it doesn't matter, living, dead, whatever, just three people that you would want to have dinner with, that you could choose to have dinner with. Um, go ahead, man. No, no, I'll you, be uh, I'm going to go three people. Um, I would say uh, one of them, Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, if you invite him, you probably don't um, get to invite two others because he, he just, he, he, I don't think he'd let anyone else talk. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but I'd love to just get into that mind. Pick his brain. Um, that's a tough question. There's so it'd many be, people. It would be like having Clinton Anderson at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll let, I'll leave that one, but um, yeah, self confidence <laughs> certainly. Um, we could throw Rob, we could throw Rob Leach in there, and we'd put Rob Leach, uh, Clinton Anderson, and Donald Trump at the dinner table, and then we could just walk away. <laughs> um, man, uh, I would have to say then. Um, I'm trying to think of of. You know who would be interesting to sit down with would be um, Doug Williams, the cow horse. Oh, guy. yeah. Did you guys Doug, hear about that guy? I lo- yeah, I love Doug Williams. A cancer survivor, you know, if he's not an inspiration to so many people, I'd love to have a meal with that guy. So if you listen uh, to, if you listen to, yeah, Brandon, if you listen to podcasts, he's just got a, um, the cow, shout out to Cow Horse Full Contact because they do an unreal podcast. And they've got an interview, part one. There's going to be a second part with Doug Williamson. Um, just just in the last few weeks, they released it. And I tell you what, man, he's got a cool story. Like his story is one of the most coolest, uniquest cowboy stories you'll ever hear. Like that guy's a cowboy, like through yeah. and through. Like, yeah, tough, tough guy, nice guy. And has lived a life. Let me tell you. I know. I'd love to. I'd love to to, to get to know him. Um, and then third, I would have to go with um, uh, probably ought to throw throw a girl in there. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Penelope Cruz. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. See, yeah. My wife's rolling her eyes right now, but just love. Yeah, love the accent. Love there. the look. Absolutely, she. That uh, that's a yeah. good one. So we'll finish with this last one. Yeah. Okay. If you could have one super power, what would that be? <laughs> wait, 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 Brenda. You have to ask this. What his choice in this question? What was your choice, Jersey? Well, my my uh, the one my second one. I can tell you that my second one was time travel. No, no, telling the first one. <laughs> so the first one, I got asked this question once at a, a campfire by Ash Barnett when we were just socialising after a clinic. You know Ash, she, she was, she's one of the ones that Absolutely. still still raving about your clinic. But uh, so shout out to Ash. I know she will listen. So she asked the question there to everybody is a bit of an icebreaker. Um, what what superpower would you have? And by the time it got to me, all the other ones were taken, mind you. You know, people said, oh, flying and, you know, whatever else you might have, time travel, that sort of stuff. But it got to me and, and then I, I had thought about it for a while too and I was like, I would have the power of rapping, superpower being the world's best rapper because I would like to have, you know, being able to hang out with like 50 Cent, Eminem, Dr. Dre, you probably don't know this, but that's my <laughs> music genre that I, that I choose to listen to 
against Dan James's wishes sometimes. He he doesn't let me listen to it when we're traveling. And uh, and I thought I want those guys to want to hang out with me. They're not going to just want, even if I'm rich or something like that. They might have to hang out with me for some reason, but I want them to want to hang out with me. And the only way I knew that would be a possibility is if I had this superpower where I'm just the best rhymer in the world, and uh, and that's my power. But I, I copped yeah, a lot of I've copped a lot of crap about it. I will admit it's something that gets yeah, mentioned but, but, around the horse shows now because everyone listens to the podcast. The thing, you have to go back, guys. For those that are listening right now, you've got to go back and listen to when Tim Hagen and I talk and break down this deal about Dan Sears rapping. Like, Kim Hagen makes this, and this is one of the few but many comments. It's like, there's a guy about to jump off the bridge. I think it was a bus. It was a bus. It was a bus teetering on a bridge, I think, to... to, to was, and, and Dan Sears comes along, and they're like, "What's your superpower?" He's like, "I'm the greatest rapper in the world." I mean, like, and then he, then he was like, "Yeah, yo, this bus is not going to roll. We're going to keep it." <laughs> you know, no. And I'm like, "That's that's that, that, I, it's okay to have a selfish superpower." That's what I said to him. You don't have to. It's not. We're not. You know, it doesn't matter what your superpower is. Like some of those ones on those Marvel comment. Um, Comics are, are sometimes a bit ludicrous, so you know why can't I just have my own superpower that like, has nothing to do with example, anyone else? Like, just, like what? Just out out of pure pure curiosity, what would be a ludicrous Marvel superpower? What What would mine be if I had to pick one? No, no. When you think about what is a ludicrous, oh, sorry. Oh, the one that makes the most money. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, but when you say like you look at the Marvel comics and one of them has got like a stupid superpower, uh, what would one of them be? Oh, I'm not. Gr- well, I can tell you what mine. Yeah, let's just get Brandon's one. No, no. But I think this would answer you yours. Brando just totally saved you. No, I, I, mine would be to be able to 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 be able to cure you know cure anything. Any, oh, any, the power of healing! Deadly. Power of yeah. healing! Yeah. Well, that's deep. That's good. Yeah, Corona, the corona. You would be so a busy man, you though. Got you would just be. No, I'm pretty busy. No. You wouldn't be able to ride horses with that sort of superpower. You'd be just uh, lining up, sitting somewhere, twenty four seven. People coming up, healing them. Full. Yeah, it's a, that's a noble, very noble. And we haven't had that. We, we need, but it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's important. That, that's that's a great one, Brandon. We're going to finish on that, James. <laughs> And, and, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up. It's been great to have you two on the podcast. We might call this part one. And what we'll do, part two is gonna be when you two are over here in Australia, or if Donald Trump uh lets me well, I guess he's not gonna be president for long, but uh if if the American government uh, allows me to travel into the US, one or the other, we will get together and do a rum drinking session slash podcast with Kim Hagen, myself, you guys, and we'll call that part two. And I, and I do believe that one might, might have to be broken down into a few different episodes because it'll probably go for a few hours, but I'll really look forward to that opportunity when we get a chance. Other than that, I just want to finish by saying best of luck to yourself and your team uh, traveling to the uh, futurity next week. We'll be following you and and I know you'll do great. Are you going along with him, James, or what are you doing? Mate, I'm, I'm planning on definitely going down there. I won't be there at the beginning of the week, but certainly there to cheer him on in the final. Well, that's awesome. Uh, it's been a great pleasure to have hey, both of you guys on the podcast. You,
Thanks, Mike. Hey, th- thank you. Thank you again. And I uh, enjoyed it. And good luck to you too, buddy. All right, mate. Good to catch up with you guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers. If you like my daddy's podcast, please write reviews and subscribe. Share this podcast with your friends.